0: Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse, episode two seven five. I am Peter, and joining me on this episode is Matt.
1: Hey, fresh out of lockdown, they can't keep me. Couldn't keep me in there forever.
0: Yes, yeah. lockdown. Were you, were you actually? Did, were, you, were you? Did you test positive? Was this a thing that I, I imagined?
1: No, I, I did. Okay, you uh, did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 I I fell victim to the to the you know the thing invisible, oh. invisible hand. <laughs> So,
0: just to clarify, I am the only member of this podcast now that has not caught it.
1: To be fair, he's the only one that doesn't usually leave his house. I leave the house
0: plenty.
1: Yeah, not like me and Connor do. Um, And and to be fair, I either picked it up at work or at the gym, and I was super safe, followed every protocol, so it just shows that, like, you know, it's going to get you by... The the nurse that works at my site was like everyone's gonna have it by October, so I don't know what we're doing. I was like, don't don't say that. My anxiety doesn't need that. <laughs> guess what happened the first week of October? <laughs> this is my birthday. I'm not happy.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. My had to like take the last week off for his birthday, but then had to cancel every plan possible that he had anyway. So
1: yeah, and I wasn't in the mood to record or read. I was in a foul mood. Oh, it didn't. Uh,
0: it didn't matter. We'd already recorded the episode on Tuesday. We oh.
1: we we we, we, <laughs> yeah. we I that was. All if I wanted, oh my god! Could you that... imagine my my anger when I would go, hey guys, I can record now. <laughs> uh, I'm stuck at home Saturday, and you're like, oh, we've already done it. I would have thrown something. Well, it's because it was the only day
0: Carter had off. Like after the right? books came out, it was yeah. the Tuesday, so we had to record yeah. on the Tuesday.
1: Well, you had plenty of time to read your books this week in comparison.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, admittedly, we did skip the Wonder Woman book, and then I did a special like segment with David later in the week and tacked it on. So you, you could have technically done that part if you wanted to, but... <laughs> That's but, you okay. know, okay. It's fine. We're um, we're here now. Um, I I, sh- I should tell you though. Uh, so as a DC Comics podcast, I should tell you that first. Uh, <laughs> we get we get our books. We talk about it. Was that simple? I'll tell you what's coming up on the show in a minute. Um, but I should also tell you there's going to be a second episode this week. Uh, there's going to be a special, um, this weekend. And the timing of this might be weird, depending. Like patrons will definitely get this one first, but public may get the other one first. Uh, so DC fandom is tomorrow. We're recording this on Friday. The day before fandom and connor was being a little whiny that he was missing <laughs> the episode because we'd already moved it to the friday uh, uh, and i said look do you want to record something after fandom then especially since half of it's going to be video game stuff as well yeah uh and matt won't be here for it so do you want to do a fandom news special so me and connor will have a- another episode for you this weekend uh, Monday at the latest for public. Maybe if I'm putting it up early for pay, I don't know if I am. All of this is very last minute, fuzzy details, but it's happening.
1: Gotcha. Here's here's my quick hot take: says so, you know, being being locked out for a week has made me a grumpy old man, especially on my my birthday. Where I'm already feeling mortality. You know, <laughs> like I don't know. You, know, like, Batman, you like-, Batman, like Batman? All Batman, Batman hype. <laughs> yes. Can we calm down, please?
0: You're like- like good for fifty-seven, Matt. shut Yeah. <laughs>
1: I know, right? If it was a good number. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a football number. It's the number of my hockey jerseys.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good number. Uh, so, anyway, that's uh, so, not oh, my <laughs> uh, name. It's probably yeah. what you pulled it from, didn't you? Is it,
0: so, I, I didn't pick it because of that, but now I'm thinking it might have subconsciously been the name, yeah. the, the number that I went to because it's yeah. always at the end of your Twitter handle.
1: Uh, God, I, I am so tired of seeing the Batman and Pattinson in my feed right now. That's what I get for following comic book
0: people. Uh, I I mean, honestly, the new trailer for that movie is by far the thing I'm most excited about for tomorrow's Mm -hmm. fandom event um, because I'm actually looking forward to that movie as opposed to, like, all the other movies they've announced, mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I I hope it's a good trailer. Uh, honestly, other than that, I'm just I'm hoping we get some concrete info for the video games that they've got going because they showed the video games last time, but it was like yeah. ah they're coming in like two years. It's like oh well okay I'll, I'll just not be it excited. It's funny then.
1: that you know we saw Starro in the Suicide Squad uh, video game, and then I was like I wonder if that has any impact in the movie. Huh.
0: Oh, did uh did we not know that at the time when the that trailer no, came No, we out?
1: didn't. Like we had oh. we had like. Like we could make intimations based off of certain things. Um, you know, rewatching Slother recently and then keeping the eye on, on Starro from James Gunn Suicide Squad, it just made sense. He likes monsters like that. So I don't know if one informed the other, but it just Staro just seems like a perfect James Gunn creature. So um, but maybe they already planned it for the video game. I'm not sure. So
0: I mean, it, it could be a coincidence. It could be a kind yeah. of thing where the video game was getting the story together as that script was being written, and they said, hey, for synergy's sake, have Starro. Like, yeah. it could have been that simple. I, I mean, yep. who's to say? But, um,. Yeah. Yeah, so fandom's coming uh, tomorrow. There should be stuff on all of the movie projects that are in some level of being done or in productions. And there should also be some TV stuff and the two video games that we know they've got working. And maybe there'll be a couple of new things that they announced that'll be exciting. Yeah. Uh, bizarrely, the one thing I'm not expecting is any actual comic book news because last time they had no actual comic book news. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: And I don't know what could blow it out of the water. You know, like, for Fandom, Like, I don't know what kind of announcement would be on par with a new Batman trailer. You know what I mean? Um, Um, Comics are kind of quiet right now. You know uh, what
0: I mean? Another movie trailer or a new show, like, you know, announcement, like, oh, we're doing this show now or something. Uh, Comic book-wise, like, I mean, if they give me anything, I'll be be pleasantly surprised. But uh, if they're going to announce a new ongoing by Mark Wade, tomorrow's the day, DC. Tomorrow's the day.
1: I feel like it's kind of already been announced. <coughs> the solicits.
0: Well, oh, it's an ongoing, though,
2: right? It wasn't... Yeah. I don't know.
0: It's kind of vague. Well, we'll, we'll get to Solicits in a bit, because we've got uh, we had January Solicits to talk about today. Um, and then, of course, in the books, we've got Strange Adventures issue 12, the final issue of another Tom King 12-issue special was series. It,
1: was it worth the wait? We'll we'll find out.
0: That was a very ominous question. Uh-huh. I, I think that may be... Uh lean towards negativity on this
1: one <laughs> maybe maybe not i don't
0: know uh we got batman the imposter issue one the new black label book uh we have wonder woman 780 matt's going to talk about that uh, matt will talk about some of but i will talk about all of urban legends issue eight Uh matt will talk about superman the authority issue four and then i've got a patreon book and the joker issue eight which also came out this week so uh yeah that's, that's what's coming up on today's show book wise but thankfully, and I know everyone was distraught last week, because we recorded on Tuesday, Matt, so... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it meant that there was no comicsology Top 10 to do.
1: I would walk out, but there's no one else to take my
0: place. Because <laughs> you can't do it on a Tuesday. A, even DC's books from the Tuesday yep. aren't, aren't there yet, yep. so there's no point. Right,
1: right, right.
0: But luckily, it's Friday, Matt, so... Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Let me, let me pull up, see what else came out this week, so I can have a good guess. Uh... <sighs> Because uh, I, uh, being uh, under quarantine, I could not go uh, get my physical books this week. Mm-hmm. So, outside of DC, I have no idea what came up because usually I peruse the wall when I go in. And you know, um, not, not this week, <laughs> not this week at all. Yeah,
0: not so, not a super strong week top 10 wise for DC. Eh? Uh, number one was X Men issue four. going mm-hmm. uh, gonna
1: make me guess, so I brought this up for nothing.
0: Well, usually I maybe mean, you give us a DC book. I feel like if okay. I, if I, I mean, you could guess number two if you want. It's not a Marvel book. <laughs> Just a uh, down X uh, X Force. <laughs> no, it's not an X book.
1: Oh, not X book. Oh, what else came out? Good lord, there's there's a lot of whack.
0: It's a pretty popular, long running series. Uh,
1: is is it uh, Immortal Hulk?
0: Longer no. running than that. <laughs> oh
1: shoot, well, that doesn't say much at Marvel.
0: That I, mean, okay. I mean, it has been renumbered. Don't get me wrong, but the title. Oh, uh, no, there
1: it is. Um, I don't know. These are all uh out of whack. They're not coming up in order like I wanted them
0: to. Matt, if I said to you, what was the first Marvel character you would think of when you when I say Marvel? Spider Man. The f- there you go, Spider Man. And what's the first book that comes to mind when you say Spider Man? Amazing Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man. That's oh, your seventy six. <laughs> I
1: forgot it was called Amazing Spider Man and not Spider Man, so I went down into the. By alphabet? Alphabet, like, yeah, man. My brain doesn't work right now, okay. Alpha <laughs> alpha Alphabetable, you know what
0: it, I mean. Is that what they call a, a bowl of spaghetti? Was now the alphabet spaghetti? It's just an alpha bowl. That's right. <laughs> uh, number three is a DC book. Would you like to guess what the top selling DC book as of right now in uh, Comixology?
1: As of right now, Comixology, I'm guessing it's a uh, Bat Book no it is. no yeah,
2: it
0: is.
1: it is it is so that narrows it down urban legend seems cost prohibitive let's go batman 89
0: it is batman 89 oh. uh, that is number three and then number four is immortal hulk issue 50 uh which you previously guessed and then x-force is number five uh which you also yes. brought up already uh superman the authority surprisingly at number six wow. uh i would not have expected that either uh, number seven is Strange Adventures issue 12. So that's cool. And then Avengers issue 49 at uh, number eight. Number nine is Star Wars Dr. Aphra <laughs> and then okay. number 10 is Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters. So not a super pack DC top 10. Uh, Wonder Woman and Joker come right after it though at 11 and 12. Uh, urban legends is down at 18 and then it's actually number 19 before we hit uh batman the imposter uh so yeah. yeah 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 it's kind of a weird week for dc very much a lot of the bigger titles aren't out this week so uh it's just as it what it is ultimately but mm. there you go there you go. It's top ten. Uh, so solicits January is solicits for January twenty twenty two. Now I mentioned this before we started, but uh, for you at home, the kind audience, or in your car, or in your bathtub, wherever you're listening to this, because I know you know there's a variety of locations if you may. Make... In
1: your bathtub, I hope it's on a Bluetooth speaker, and the speaker is far away from the water. That's what I hope for you.
0: I just hope you're relaxed up some candles. I hope you're being soothed by our voices, and especially since Connor's voice isn't here to ruin it every you know minute, like you normally <laughs>
1: that, that man I get so much uh, so much uh, what am I looking for? God damn, I'm in a brain fog mileage, that's the word uh, out of his Busta Rhymes tweet I can't wait to bring it up as much <laughs> as I can
0: oh, You have to give some context for this, Matt, for the audience So
1: Connor's been watching all the Halloween movies and he made it to you know, he watched H2O and then he watched Resurrection. And me and Pete had both warned him, like, the the gap between H2O and Resurrection is like, it's off a cliff. And then he's like, well, none of them can be as bad as that one. And then he started Rob Zombie's uh, Halloween. Yes. And he put out a tweet that said, <laughs> basically, uh, I've never missed Busta Rhymes more. Um Something to
0: that extent. Yeah, was, I, mean, I think it was uh I'm you know, I'm praying for Buster Rhymes to be back already or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so if you don't if you don't know Buster Rhymes has a prominent role in Halloween Resurrection. And it's no, a really sh- stupid, dumb movie, but yeah. I will still take it every day over that Rob Zombie Abomination. Thank you very much.
1: There you go. Mm. Um so yes, but I'll and I'll take the Rob Zombie over the Nightmare on Elm Street remake because that was just straight trash.
0: I don't know if I'd um, go that far. I think I still hate the Rob uh, I Zombie. Would, at least more. Rob
1: Zombie has a point of view, whereas Sam Bayer just was like, "I'm making a movie. I I used to make music videos. Um, there's not much life to it. At least Rob Zombie's has a little. I don't like it, but anyways. But just Buster Rhymes is the line of, of resurrection, and it's it's I, famous across the. And I don't want to jump on it for people in case.
2: You're
1: I. So inclined. I don't know
0: what sort of weird hipster flex just happened, but Matt just pulled but, the name of the director of Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street's remake, yeah. out of his ass like it was nothing.
1: <laughs> oh no, no. Um, I grew up watching pop punk music videos excessively, and Sam Bayer directed a ton of them. So that, that's why that's why I almost went and saw the Nightmare remake and then seeing, I remember all the horrible reviews. I was like, oh, I'm going to dodge this. I'd never even seen the original at that point. Oh, why am I gonna go you're just a fan this? of his work
0: then. That's what you're
1: saying. Well, because well, not every... At that point, we had not had the, you know, uh, the major failure of, you know, commercial directors and music video directors to, you know, movies mm. as yet. Like, Fincher's, I think, the most successful... That went that jumped from music videos to making narratives and whatnot. Anyways, I mean, long story short. You know, Sam Bear's not the director. I I, I was like, What does he made sense? Really nothing. Nothing comes to mind. That movie kinda tanked his, you know. Yeah, Rob Zombie's still, for whatever reason. Still making movies. Uh unfortunately. Yeah, so unfortunately. A- anyway. <laughs>
0: Solicits! Yeah, solicits. So, I was saying this before we started, but for all you kind people, uh, wherever you're listening to this, you'll notice that the last couple of solicits have been like this weird half and half schedule where the last solicits were like the back half of December and the first half of January, and the ones before that were the back half of November, the first half of December, and we thought maybe this is just the new normal. Uh, That doesn't seem to be the case, maybe we'll find someone will look through, but from my quick skim beforehand... It does not look like there's any February solicits in here, but it does look like they repeat all of the first half of the month solicits at the end of the batch. So this may end up only really being a half amount of solicits compared to normal, but just bear that in mind uh, and we'll we'll dig through and hopefully don't repeat too many things. But I, I think it's a pretty clear break as to when it gets to the, the old stuff again, so... Um we will start off uh, with Batman One Dark Night, issue 2. This is the Jock Black Label book. Very mm-hmm. pumped uh, for that, for obvious, beautiful art reasons. Uh, and I'm sure Matt's delighted That's another Batman ongoing book starting <laughs> in January. Uh,
1: but, you know, I would be grumpy, right? I'd start this by saying, I'm kind of... And then you look at the creative team and how can that, I be...
0: Well, that's the thing. That, that's that's yeah. the thing. You You see... Not only is it an exciting name, it's an exciting name who has done a couple of, like, little things for DC, but has mostly been associated with Marvel for a long time. But Chip Darsky is doing this new Batman book. It's called Batman The Night. This is a show... Actually, I was looking for the, you know, one of six or or whatever, and and I couldn't find it. And I'm like, is this just an ongoing? Is this just an ongoing book? It doesn't say one shot, so... Uh,
1: right, the DC's not Marvel. They're usually pretty clear about that. If yeah. it's going to be a mini, and you know, know? if
0: you read the actual solicit text at the very end, it says uh, so. Blah, blah blah blah. In this definitive new series, so it's definitely a series. It's definitely more than one issue. So, yeah. uh, if they forgot to put in their mini uh, text, then that's fair enough. But yeah. um, it's definitely more than one issue.
1: My my only problem though is it seems like it's a, another Bat Origin, and I'm kind of. Hmm hit my hit my limit with those but this is the darski did you say who the artist is
0: i did not yet. yeah it's carmine dj okay. dominico and i, I think yeah. what this cover makes me think of is that it makes me think of zarski's daredevil which from what i have read is fantastic so it's hard yeah. not to be a little excited about him doing yeah. a batman in the same vein
1: i'll probably pick it up and be grumpy that there's more bat books but hey if it's gonna be a good bat book then i'll, I'll eat my words you know like yeah, can't be grumpy. It's like Detective. I can't complain about how much I'm enjoying Tamaki on Detective. Yeah, Matt's going know. to be so
0: ashamed. He's going to go out in camp so he can read all his Bat books. And we'll make a film of it one day, and we'll call it Broke Bat Mountain.
1: <laughs> uh, oh,
0: boy. And he's just looking at his Batman comics going, I wish I knew how he quit you as he cries reading these Batman books.
1: It, it happens at least when they put my <laughs> comics away. Go like, why do I have this much Batman for someone that talks so much shit about Batman, why do I have so much of it? <laughs> uh, that's because Batman ends up getting uh, really good creators, and I have to, like Jim Zadarski <laughs> and Carmine G. Domenico, and I have to. Mm. Uh, yes. So then, the next solicit with Josh Williamson. Every time I say I'm going to stop getting Batman, they're like, oh, are you? James Harden's well, Batman now.
0: This is the this um, is this is the weird bias. Uh, yeah. well, bias isn't the right word, but the, the weird. No. You know, because Batman is successful, DC likes to put good creatives on it. So yeah. good creatives make you want to keep reading it, even if you're not as yeah. invested in the right, character. Yeah. So.
1: And, and I mean, when when I had enough Tomasi on Detective, I stopped. Right, like it was fine. I did not miss that book. You know, once Tamaki is done on Detective, I'm I'm gonna miss her there. So, but <laughs> she'll be done. I'll have the Batman the night, uh, and may- and maybe I'll like the Detective Comics person. Because... Yeah, whoever
0: whoever replaces Tamaki yeah. might end up being amazing too. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, there's just no way I'm wrong. Yeah. So yes, uh, I think Batman One One Nine might actually be as, if it's not an old solicit that it was. Is this is the cover we saw ages ago when they first yeah. announced Williamson has taken the book over uh, with his new villain Abyss? So very cool. Uh, excited to see uh, where that goes. Uh, detective Comics 1049 and 1050. Uh, we already knew about this happening, but this is just more of the the uh, was it ten part weekly event yeah. that's happening from Tamaki, uh, which may very well be the end of her detective run, which is cool and neat. Uh, it's worth mentioning that 1050 has been treated as a little bit of an anniversary issue, uh, hitting the fifty mark. It's not like su- it's not like massively supersized, but it's a 48 page issue instead of uh, the normal yeah. size, so.
1: Which I'm okay with that because that is a milestone and you kind of want that to stick out, you know, the, the 50s. Yeah. It's, so. it, you
0: know, it's an extra dollar versus the usual price versus, you know, it being 8 mm-hmm. or $10. So it's, it's, it's a bit yeah. easier to swallow. Plus that cover's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a lot of these are. Uh, the variant's quite nice too. So, uh, very, very neat. Um, uh, Batman Catwoman Special Issue 1. This is been pushed around quite a bit, but this is the one that has the John Paul Leon art in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, not all of it, uh, and this right. is actually much bigger than I was expecting as well. This is an 80 page uh, one shot. I
1: I also feel like this is going to act as a um, tribute to yeah, John Paul Leon. I can see that. So, and that's that's cool. Like, it, just make it a ten dollar book, and
0: yeah, know. it's a, it's a John Paul Leon cover, and it wouldn't surprise me if. This was half the size originally, but because they've turned it into something of a tribute issue that it's maybe yeah. increased in what it actually is doing,
1: Yeah, because uh, I know Garrett was talking about that on Twitter this week about you know trying to honor that legacy of uh John paul uh in this book, so that's um pretty cool yeah uh, I like seeing I like seeing them do this type of stuff,
0: yeah, Nicely weeks variant in there as well, so um. Does mean that last week last week in January's going to be very busy, but I'll be damned if I'm not uh reading this. So yep. uh very very cool. Very, very cool. Uh RLR by Tommy Lee Edwards, uh Bernard Chang and Mitch Garrett's uh it says others as well, but those are the ones yeah. that are listed. So cool. It also says others listed for writing as well, which makes me yep. think again that it's going to be like Tom King will do the main story and then there'll be like tribute stories by others. Yeah. So that's cool. Uh, Catwoman 39 is coming out, and this is notable because start of the next run, uh, it's mm-hmm. Teenie Howard who's taking over, uh, Nico Leon on art, and you know I don't want to count Teenie Howard out, but <laughs> I mean I'll give it a chance, but I'm not feeling mm-hmm. hey, optimistic. I
1: do this every time, so if it ends up being good, it's it, what's cool about digital comics is you, you can always find it. You
0: want to go back. It's mm-hmm. so a very nice cover, which is definitely some... I mean, it's the current costume, but it's also very clearly cool, like Batman Returns inspired and it's mm-hmm. aesthetic, I would say. Uh, but, yep. yeah. So that's Catwoman 39. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel issue three, that's Tom Taylor's uh, Swords and Sorcery alternate mm-hmm. universe book. So that's coming out. Cool enough. Uh, we knew about this coming, but this is Justice League yep. versus the Legion of Superheroes issue one. <laughs> uh the question I have, though, is Is Matt going to read this, given that this is, uh, this is a Bendis thing through and through.
1: I mean, it is hinting at the Great Darkness and being the continuity nerd that I am. <laughs> I'm probably going to end up reading this. So, we'll see, though. But, it, God, it's got Kthusky too. I like him a lot.
2: Mm.
1: <sighs> well,
0: that's a six-issue mini that Matt is probably going to force himself through. Uh, we have a, a random thing here. We get a Superman and Robin special issue one, which mm-hmm. is Peter J. Tomasi and Victor Bogdanovich uh, teaming up for this. And this is very. This is. You know, I mean, it's actually the Super Sons, rather, but it's just that it's, yeah. it's now, you know, now John Superman that it's Superman right? and Robin. So.
1: I like uh, that. I also like that pairing because it throws back to the Dick Grayson, you know, Clark Kent vibe. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, no, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, i can't deny it's it's one of these things where some of the the, the attempts to bring super Sons back has sort of left me a little bit like yeah this is nice that it exists but i have not felt yeah. as compelled to read all of those uh i'm definitely down to see what this this pairings like now with the change in status quo and where damien is where john is now uh it, it should be a fun little check-in if nothing else although it isn't yeah. that same day that that 80 page uh cap specials out but you know yeah we will see um, also, on that same day, uh, out of nowhere is Peacemaker. Peacemaker, sorry, Peacemaker. I was going to say Peacemaker. <laughs> Disturbing the Peace, Issue One. Uh, this is a one-shot by Garth Ennis writing and Gary Brown on art. So, um, if you're interested in some more Peacemaker, I,
1: yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Garth Ennis, from what I've read. So, um, seems like a miss for me.
0: I wonder if uh, this is going to. Be- if this implies that that Peacemaker show that we know is coming uh-huh. to HBO Max, I wonder if this implies that it's going to be starting around late January, I, early February.
1: May- maybe? Because um, a ahead of the upcoming show. Mm. So and this comes out the 25th so of, of January. And, so maybe?
0: and like we said, fandom's tomorrow, so they may very right. well announce the date for that. Oh, and...
1: I, I expect something Peacemaker because yeah. uh, James Gunn's been talking it up lately. Also talking about his favorite sequels. like it's, He's been a very fun Twitter watch or Twitter read the last week or so. so. Yeah, that's cool. Uh,
0: there's a bunch of trades and graphic novels up next. I'll just get past those. They're, they're all just collections of things that have been mm-hmm. uh, Last out.
1: week's Nice House. That's the last one for a minute, right?
0: No, no. There's one more.
1: There's one more? Okay.
0: Yeah. That was issue five. I'm pretty sure issue six. That was five?
1: Is. Okay. Because yeah. I was reading the, through the solicits and saw that one and it said, you know, for waiting for issue 7,
0: and I got concerned. Yeah. Nah, so. there's one more. Cool. Uh, and it was a...
1: So that's a hell, of a hell of a cliffhanger, if that's the case. It was a
0: very good issue, uh, no yeah. doubt. Yeah? Very good issue. Uh, okay, that's still on trades here. Alright, there we go. Action Comics 1039. Uh You know, not much to say, really, other than Four,
1: nice Four cover. World
0: Saga Part 3? Yeah. Oh. So, very cool. Aquaman The Becoming Issue 5, so that's still coming out. Yeah. Uh, as is Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target. This is issue four of that coming out. Uh,
1: the more I read about this book, the more I don't want to read it. It makes me so sad. What, why? <laughs> what does it say? Uh, they have to go um, uh, plot someone's or thwart Scor- Scorpio's plot to rewrite time to their own agenda. And I was just like, yeah, because I think of Aquaman and Green Arrow as, as resetting time. Those, those are the heroes I expect. And I like. And that might be great. I don't know. But the each each one that comes out of this I go, Oh yeah. and Green Arrow, that's a cool team up. Oh wait, they're, they're preserving the time stream. Okay,
0: okay. Oh well. Uh here's one I hope I like. I'm I'm a bit skeptical, but Batgirl's issue too. Uh so that's yep. that's going. I, I do I do really hope I like that. Um but neat, 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 neat. Uh the main cover's quite nice though. I will say that again uh batman vs Bigsby, a wolf and gotham issue five so that crossover mini still going blue and gold issue six that's still going uh that's, that's six of eight for the record uh it's an eight issue mini rather than six issues because you thought that was the end dc versus vampires issue four that's still going uh that's four of twelve to keep that in mind uh i'm looking forward to that because it mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the team mainly but uh yeah. it sounds like a wacky good time uh, Deathstroke Inc. Issue 5, that's still continuing along as well. Uh, Green Lantern Issue 10. Again, mm-hmm. you know, all of these are very just like next issues of books. Uh, not much to add, really. Uh, I do quite like that uh, second cover on that Green Lantern issue, though. The one with Joe and Kelly. Uh, with yeah, that's the a good one. Yellow Lantern. That's, that's next show. Yeah.
1: Four.
0: yeah. Uh, and then we got Hardware Season 1 Issue 6. Harley Quinn Issue 11. Human Target Issue 4, more the oh. Tom King series. Yeah, that's a
1: good cover. That is very Sawbass-esque.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the second cover as well is a lot more pulpy and comic booky as well.
1: Oh yeah, that's very, yeah. very Silver age
0: Yeah, 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 very uh, Silver age
1: With the bonk and all that stuff.
0: Then we got Justice League 72, uh, which I'm sure Matt will still be punishing himself with.
1: Yeah, because I was like, yeah, I'm done. Oh, there's no Justice League Dark. But look who's on art. Oh, Lupicino. Lupicino, Little bit of Lupicino. Of <laughs> and you, you see who the story revolves around. It's the Royal Flush Gang.
0: Matt's going to uh, walk into his comic book shop and say, I will have one venti Lupicino, please.
1: <laughs> give me a Trenta. Uh, that's one more size up. Uh... Yeah, you can tell
0: Matt uh, orders uh, coffee more than well, I don't order coffee at all but he's, he's definitely right. in coffee shops more than I am because he knows also, some of know his what, side, what the sizes are
1: said, said, coffee is vile and I'm a tea guy through and through now I feel like every other picture he's <laughs> posting is him drinking a new latte he's a
0: little yeah. do you know what I think it is? I think it's because he got lactose and he had to like uh-huh. venture into other things to be excited yeah. about so he found yeah. a new passion
1: and that's why coffee's coffee's great when you can taste it, which I hadn't for a week. And man, I, I really missed it. It was it was that and um, certain foods. Counterpoint:
0: coffee Coffee's disgusting when you can taste it. Yeah.
1: No, no, no! You're drinking bad coffee. Uh, but I it's you, you don't strike me as a person that likes tea that much either. So no, I mean I
0: can drink tea, but I'm not super into yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So. You know.
1: I bet you I can find you. A, uh, I told this to Connor, and I didn't be true. Bet you can find you a coffee that you'd like.
2: Uh,
0: you can try. I mean, I don't have a coffee maker, Matt. You, you, you can... No,
1: I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. either to Connor. And look at where he's at now. He bought a French press. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Anyways, yeah,
0: that's nice try. Going. That's all I do in my life. More caffeine. Um, yeah. Just as the Incarnate Issue Three. Uh, this is spin-out of the, the you know the what do we call it.
1: uh, Infinite Frontier.
0: That's the the words I was looking for. Uh, With more Williamson uh, continuing those adventures, so that's neat. Uh, Looney Tunes 264, my Magazine 24. Uh, Nightwing issue 88, with a wonderful cover with Nightwing and Babs embracing. Um, That said, though, the big news with this issue, though, is that there was a lot of buzz this week that Dick is finally getting the stripes going all the way down his arms and into his fingers. Love it.
1: So... Someone got a lesson on Twitter on maybe don't talk crap to Tom Taylor unless you're ready to deal with the fallout. Oh dear. Yeah, someone basically tried to they what they wanted to say was superfluous, but what they ended up saying was like irrational or something, not what they had meant to say, and Tom Tom uh, Taylor had to get on to Twitter and be like, "Hey guys, this is just someone stating their opinion. You can lay off of him. Like it's it's fine." I, I shared this to have a little joke, just a little funny, and and yeah, and uh, you know. But sometimes I feel like the internet needs that every once in a while. Like if you're gonna put something out there, at at somebody with a sizable reach, be prepared to deal with you know, the the fallout. Hmm. Um, and this this person did very much, and it was good for Taylor to to swoop in and you know be like, guys, play nice. We're all here to have a good time. But but yeah, I mean, it's just a it's a stylistic thing, right? Like there's no purpose for those uh, on there, but it looks cool as shit, so... I think it's, for me, it's,
0: I've always felt, ever since they took them away, or even I think the first time I ever saw the, you know, the blue Nightwing suit without it, well, not including the old versions of the suit, you know, b- right. before he became, you know, 96 era Nightwing, right. um, was maybe, like, the animated series, where it was just the logo, and it didn't even right. go to your shoulders and it just kind of looked really weird and just far yeah. too plain.
1: So it was like a t-shirt version of it.
0: Yeah, whereas... I feel like the stripes can down so that these these middle two fingers are also got the blue. just it just makes it feel like a more like a complete design, I think yeah but uh... so it
1: does well it, to me it it goes into his circus past too' because it feels more like an acrobatic costume because mm. you're you're drawing attention to the hands the oh, you know, sure. feet and whatnot. so it just it you know logically it made sense. That's what he said it was illogical uh, there <laughs> you go. so people. I, I yeah, And I, so, you know what?
0: I kind of dig yeah, as well, well at the inside of the glove. The grip is blue as well. It's, just, yeah. it's a bit of separation. Just a little bit of, uh, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm all for all the, uh, the full Nightwing stripes. Yep. So, uh, then we got newbie in the Amazons issue four. That's still going. Stephanie Phelps in alia One Star Squadron. That's the Mark Russell book, which yeah. <laughs> I forgot existed. Hey, I, every, every time... There's a weird mini series like this, and it's not started yet. I always forget about it when we get to issue two and three in the solicits because it's not, you know, it's not out mm-hmm. yet. Right. Uh, Robin issue ten with Joshua Williamson. Williamson's names in a lot of books. Uh, the solicits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's still going. Very interesting cover that one as well. Uh, yeah. Very nice. Uh, Robin's issue three this is the Tim Seeley mini series. And uh, what's interesting about this is less about this issue, but they revealed that uh, there's like sexy variants for each issue, and they showed, like, f- four of them. And what was funny to me is that Steph ended up in the one who was the most, like... Clothed? Clothed, yeah. Like, all the other ones, I guess because they're guys, they can get away with more, but, like, like Dex just sitting in his boxer shorts, it, and that's it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It is a hilarious commentary on what comic pin used to be, right? <laughs> and now they're these, like, basically beefcake posters, and it just it cracks me up because it makes a segment of the comic reading population very uncomfortable and they complain about it um and it, it kind of cracks me up so
0: it, it's amusing it's amusing uh suicide squad issue 11 that is still trucking on as a suicide squad king shark with issue 5 superman 70 issue 6 superman son of Kalel issue 7 uh which i suppose actually just is some big news this week that uh can slot in here with the discussion of this book which is John is bisexual, and mm-hmm. that was revealed this week. Uh, Taylor revealed it on uh, coming out. Day. I don't know if it's national coming out day or worldwide coming yeah. out day, but uh, I, either way, um, cool. Uh, honestly, like yeah. n- now that they've said it, and I think back to the, what, we've, what we've had of him and this other character in the book, I'm like, yeah, I can kind of see it going mm-hmm. there now. You
1: know. Yeah, any anybody that is surprised by this hasn't been reading the book, you know. Um and then that's what it tells me. A lot of people that aren't reading comics right now wanting to have an opinion about something well, I mean, and completely you mean like ignorant. Dean Cain. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> well, let's be I said this on Twitter and a lot of people have nobody watched that show for him. All right. No. We're we were all there for Terry Hatcher. Right? At least I was. And, um, uh,
0: and co- I'm I'm Smith. That's not kind of Lane Smith.
1: Lane Smith. Yeah, 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 Um Yeah, he's 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 got a big diary of the mouth and he did respond to Tom Taylor where Tom Taylor's like, Hey man, I, I hope you read the book because you're making a lot of judgments based off of something that's not out yet. And DK actually said, oh, I look forward to it. I look forward to reading it. Um, So, you know, it's one of those ones where I, I want to not like him for his opinion, but he does follow through and reads and actually, you know what I mean? Like,
0: I'm not convinced he's going to. I'm not I don't know when
1: I don't either. I don't I want to believe in good faith, but I don't think it's gonna happen. But
0: well, when, when was the last time you think Dean Cain read a comic book?
1: I don't think he ever has.
0: <laughs> my point, my point yeah. I mean, maybe yeah, he does. So, maybe he's been loyal yeah? loyal in reading Superman comics his entire life, or at least since he was on that show. Maybe he's felt attached to it and he's kept up with it. Maybe he has, and I'm I'm judging he's-
1: but I, Judging from some of his beliefs, he seems the type that paid for Cyberfrog and never got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: good, yeah. So, uh, uh, very, very neat. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, I did see a funny tweet that said that, uh, John should hook up with Tim now that they're both bisexual, and Connor Kent can just weep in a corner somewhere.
1: <laughs> it's my little brother, my best friend!
0: <laughs> As the forgotten superboy... <laughs> He is not loved anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, I still love him. Connor. Not you, Connor. Real Connor Kent. Yeah, not,
0: yeah. not, not Connor I, on the show.
1: Real Connor. We'll call, we'll call Connor Kent the real Connor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I still love him. He's not anything. Well, I mean, kind of in Suicide Squad. Kind of not, from what I understand. Oh, kind of. Who
2: the hell
0: knows? So then, Task Force Z issue four. Uh, well, I'm looking like I'm, and I'm, you know, fairly looking forward to that at this point. Uh, Teen Tens Academy issue eleven, The Flash seven seven eight, uh, Wonder Girl issue eight What's was shocking to me about Wonder Girl issue eight is that we've only had three issues of that so far, so somehow we're <laughs> getting five issues in the next three months, which and they were delayed, but not because of the the creative team. They were delayed because yeah. of a uh, you know distribution 30. issues so it's entirely possible that this will all you know happen yeah but...
1: and cool like uh, and it seems like Gerald jones is on all of them still yeah uh, oh like yeah and that main right.
0: cover or the, actually no, that's the yeah. variant. it's the variant cover is with, very with pretty with all the different girls no i'm not the, 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 the one with the horse ones. uh yeah uh, it's the very very pretty yeah uh not that the other ones was bad by any means it's just that no. the, the, no. the other one's are very stark one yeah uh, it's, it's because it defaulted to the variant so I just immediately called it the main cover but it's yeah. uh, it's not Uh, Wonder Woman 783 is out in January as is Wonder yeah. Woman Evolution issue 3 this is Stephanie Phillips uh, I don't remember this book existing but it's obviously not started yet
1: no this is I think this is the one that's the it collects the um, the digital first oh I is think. it okay, okay. I, I think so I'm not sure I'll take a word for it yeah
0: Uh, So then there's some trades, uh, you know, doing the the usual thing. Uh, Notably, there's an omnibus for uh, Brubaker's Catwoman Mm -hmm. called Catwoman of East End, so that's neat. Uh, There's a big soft cover for Generations. I know Matt was in love with that Uh, pair of (laughs) one-shots. Yep,
1: so much. uh, I didn't read the
0: second one. Yeah. Uh, Not me. No, did I read it? Maybe I, I can't remember if I read it now. Maybe that maybe that's all you need to know. Is that I can't remember if I read the second one. <laughs> uh, so very neat. Uh, more of the classic post-crisis Superman's collected in big juicy hardcovers, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, and that's all cool. And then, as you go further down, there's actually more solicits for stuff because I, I, for the most part, almost everything we brought up there was in the second half of January. So when you get past this point, there's a lot of stuff from the first half of January. And I think I'm pretty confident in saying that we talked about all of these solicits previously yes. in last month's solicits. So mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll we'll call it here. And I know that for sure because I recognize the cover that, I, that we talked about uh, from Detective Comics last time. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. So the rest of this is all just a redo of solicits we've already had. So, yeah. There you go. Cool. Um, so refer to the last solicits discussion for the rest of these. But... <laughs> uh, that is uh that is January's solicitus. Uh, I mean, it, it looks nice and healthy. Uh, maybe a mm-hmm. bit skewed towards Batman as per usual, but other than that, yeah. not much. But to... hey,
1: as the, as the arguments been being made on Twitter, DC has other books, guys. If you're that upset by so much Batman, then go read something that's not Batman and spread the word if you like it. You know, like there's no point in just complaining. Like, yes, I kind of lean into a character here, but. You'll also hear me talking about how great Catwoman and Night... Those are still Bat books. But, <laughs> <stands>. <laughs> well, but joking aside, you know, Superman and Action and um, what other books do do I love, you know? Um, a, lot of, a lot of the Tom King, 12-issue maxies. You know? there's mm. There's other stuff other than Batman. So yes, I guess complain, I can't control what you do on social media, but like there's... There's Also, other after, uh, options DC doesn't only print Batman comics, it might seem like that in the solicit sometimes, but there's other stuff on the shelf.
0: Yes, Matt recommends Harley Quinn, so
1: no, I do not. Maybe, maybe if it's Stephanie Phillips, or not Riley Rosmo, can't get behind the Rosmo art. Connerable, though,
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, Carlos Riley Rosmo, Riley Rosmo, and um, what'd you call him from uh, his name. from uh. Oh, Rob Liefeld. That's the one I'm trying to say.
1: <laughs> are you trying to think of the other one?
0: No, Rob Liefeld I'm trying to say. Okay. I like Rob Liefeld. Exactly.
1: Oh, they are, yeah. Especially his feet.
0: Uh, especially his well, feet. Seen... Like, okay. like, so, you know, some people, you know, like Tarantino just have a foot fetish. Uh, Connor has a Rob Liefeld foot fetish.
1: And <laughs> a pocket fetish.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> lots of pockets. Uh, So... That is uh, that's the this Um so we can get into the books for the week. Strange Adventures, Issue Twelve, Tom King writing with Mitch Garret and Doc Schenner on the art. Uh, this is the the culmination, and I think what's so different to, to compare it to Rorschach, which we we both talked about the the, okay. the final issue of that just a couple of weeks ago, is that this has a very different structure at the end to that, in that the last issue of Rorschach was very much the culmination of that book. Yep. Whereas with this one, I think issue 11 was the emotional culmination, and then issue 12 yep. is, I always say an epilogue, but more of a, the fallout of what the real yeah, culmination I, I, was.
1: I believe in film school they taught us this is the denouement. Like, this is the, as you just said, the fallout. It's the, the climax has happened and this is what happens post that big moment. And, uh, yeah. So... Did, did I like this? Did I did I not like it?
0: Of course you liked it. Why wouldn't you like it?
1: Uh, yeah, why wouldn't I like it? <laughs> the first thing I read this week, I did, couldn't go into the shop, so I didn't have to wait to give back up my physical copy, so I read the digital. And, uh, yeah. I mean, it's a Tom King 12 issue, maxi. What else is there? He, he sticks the landing and does it in such a way that when you get to the last page, just the whole commentary that we had been talking about the whole time, right? You know about this the the Shayner version versus the Garred's version, and just for King to come out and put that out there, I think you know other people i've I've seen call it you know a little bit too clever, but I think it fit perfectly for what he was doing in the story
0: I mean yeah, ultimately, it kind of takes this idea that the book's been doing for twelve issues, and has Alana actually see it and you know mm-hmm. talk about how. Everything that we go through, we kind of turn into stories in our heads to sort mm-hmm. of compartmentalize, compartmentalize them, and also yeah, yeah. try and like just process them and be able to actually, mm-hmm. you know, lie to ourselves to make sense of them, to pro- just live with them. And the mm-hmm. idea that this entire stories had this one big fictitious version, uh, even if it is mostly based on truth, but there are mm-hmm. you know little things here or there. There's there's the omissions. There's skewing of things to make it work uh, so that you can live with yourself and that's kind of you know what this doc shaner version that we've had throughout the whole the whole book's been Uh, so to have Alana kind of say that and use it in a way that you know she's because she's not like completely hateful of adam in this final issue even though she had to kill him in the last one there is kind of a a more nuanced approach from her in terms of how she Mm -hmm. thinks of her dead husband um, and still, is kind of mad. At terrific in some ways for,
1: like, right? well, because it, 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 it's, it's him pulling on this thread. Right is what ended up her husband dying, but it also ended up with her realizing the cost of war via her husband.
0: Well, yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. It's like she's she's kind of mad that he pulled on the thread, but like Mm -hmm. him pulling on the thread does not change the fact that Adam lied to you and used your daughter as collateral. Like you should still be mad at Adam for that.
1: (laughs) Right? Exactly. It's not not only you know it's the shoot the messenger type thing, Um, and it fits very in with her character, which you know I thought she was kind of sinister the whole time, and I feel you know just the femme fatale version of her that we get in Garret's art. come to to find out she's still you know yeah she's a princess on this planet and she has these duties but you know at the end of the day she's still kind of for all the wars she's been through she's still kind of a pure soul right Mm -hmm. unlike Adam like she didn't have to Adam gave over his soul so she didn't have to and that's the vibe that I got and that's why she looks at him you know like yeah she's upset and she had to kill him and but she understands why ultimately um and you know i guess it's her version of justice
0: there the is i mean it's i think the point is though is it's more complex than just there's good and bad and mm-hmm. and all those things it's it's a lot more nuanced than that and i think it's hard to just boil down into a simple sentence how she feels about adam uh by the end and how she feels about him you know after his death but uh yeah the story is her and terrific going to the pict to get our daughter back and her being kind of badass and shooting the, the picked in the head when he, he doesn't give her over right away right. uh which leads to a big action sequence that we don't really even really see most of it just kind of starts yeah. and we, we we go back into more sort of happy times uh, and it's basically the final adventures on ran before adam would say yeah. hey i think we're done here why don't we go to earth you know it is it's him presenting it in a way. It's like it's a fresh star. Oh, you know, this planet yeah. reminds us of our daughter. In reality, we know it's because he's made this deal. He
1: made a trade. Yeah. Yeah. So, he made the trade and whatnot. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I love the moment with Mr. Terrific where he said, you know, that this happened a lot faster than I had calculated. Uh, when, when she shoots the pick. Um, so just that the fact that he can even be off his game. When Alana's involved, I, I did kind
0: of like that. Yeah, and there's kind of a, you know, the art, I think, is maybe it's at some of its best when we do actually just, mm-hmm. we cut to their daughter. We we cut to Aaliyah, and she's wearing Terrific's jacket. Like, he's put his jacket around her. Yep. Uh, and we don't see that happening. We just cut to her, and she's wearing it around her shoulders. um, And Alana's trying to explain and she's, her daughter asks for a hug, and it's all very kind of awkward. Mm-hmm. um, And, you know, and it's I think that's neatly plays into what she goes on to say later to Terrific because when she sort of describes who Terrific is, when she asks, she says, "Oh, he's this friend, he's a hero who was able to like help find you," and you know, and her daughter goes, "Oh, he really is terrific." There, and Terrific kind of smiles, and she goes over and asks Terrific for a hug, but that's not how Alana feels about Terrific, and she makes that very clear later oh. on, but again this is her turning it into a story that our daughter can understand and process and live with. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's kind of a sweet moment uh, even though there's maybe well there's a lie in the sense that Alana doesn't believe this even though to us we're kind of like well this is this is pretty accurate <laughs> as far as we're concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um but you know it, it it adds back into that theme of the the lies we tell ourselves to kind of make things work mm-hmm. and and keep going. Yeah. Uh, so and some yeah. gorgeous art, you know, when they make the choice to move to Earth and they have that full page kiss uh, and all that, mm-hmm. and the trainer art. Um, and Alana, you know, okay. at the end of the story, decides that she is not going to be staying on Earth, but she's also not going to be living on Ran full time because her daughter will not be safe on Ran because they picked because now that they've lost the war with Earth. They're going to attack Ran for revenge because the yeah. deal falls through. She has to be there to help fight that. But her daughter will not be safe there, so she's going to be on Earth, and Terrific's going to have to look after her. And he's like, Wait, what? <laughs>
1: and and that's, I, and that's, I can't take a kid. Are you kidding me? I don't understand children.
0: And this is where she makes her yeah. big speeches that we've been kind of alluding to. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, she does point out, I, I really like the touch that, you know, Earth's the one place that beat beat the Pict, so it's actually the safest place from the Pict now.
1: Right. And it's like, you know, the fact that, like, Rand had this multi, you know, well, it feels generational at this point, war, with with them. But, you know, on Earth, there's all those superheroes. And you have Mr. Terrific, and you have Batman, and all these other heroes that play a factor. It's not just Adam. You know, it's a world full of people like Adam. Um, so I do like that. That it's, you know, real good. But, you know, as she explains to him, too, is like, this is kind of all your fault, so therefore... Um, and I wouldn't want her to be with anybody else.
0: Yeah, than but you. he 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 sees this for what it is. He sees that she's spinning mm-hmm. this. So She's doing her, you know, yep. her almost politician mm-hmm. thing of spinning it into the story. Yep. And that's when she kind of says, "You know, they're all stories. That's how we learn mm-hmm. to live with things." Um, but she actually gets, you know, properly emotional uh, as she's describing this, yep. um, and it, describing how terrific has been able to move on from his wife's death and his family's death. Um, and she's kind of you know she's got tears running down her face as she's saying, "Uh, that's your story, and you tell it beautifully." Uh, you know how my my husband died? You never asked, and you know he says, "Oh, you know he killed himself." Uh, and she's like, "No," and we actually you know cut back to a full page of him holding her, you know, her her her, her holding Adam's dead body, and right. like, just the blood all over the floor, and it's just this horrific like full page yeah. spread, um. And it's like, no, this is the reality. This is the truth of what happened. And the end of the story is we go back to the, the past. Uh, well, it's not quite the end yet, but we go back to the past and it's Alana finishing up the the first draft of the book that obviously he was shilling way back at the start of the, the story.
1: Yeah, so she, she ghost wrote it.
0: Yeah, and the final scene is where we started. It's uh, him sitting down for the book signing. I am glossing over a terrific scene, though. There's a really nice touch here where uh, Alia. Has, is now the one asking the questions for Terrific, uh, the, the, the trivia. As he's
1: lifting weights, which yeah. is where we first saw him at the beginning, you know? And I think it's the same person. I think it's still about W.E.B. Du Bois.
0: Um, mm.
1: So that was real good. I, but this I, whole thing, to go back to the Terrific and the the Alana saying that he needs her because his story is that one of how he overcame grief and she's intimating it's kind of a lie. Like he still grieves; he's not over it. And this, you know, him having to be this guardian now for this girl is what he needs to properly move on, you know. And so I, I do like that um, balance here, you know.
0: Yeah, no, it's a really nice uh, final scene, terrific actually. It's like he, like. I wasn't really sure what the the, the, the narrative st end point for Terrific was going to be in this book, given that the story's yeah. not really been about him too much, but right. he he has had actually this nice little arc sort of buried within everything else. But the the sad part of the ending of this where it just ends with the with the Art version of him saying, My name's Adam, can I sign a book for you? Uh is just it's kinda of heartbreaking because it's like <laughs> Ultimately, this is where it's going to become the reality for us because that's where we started, and it's just like it all, it all went downhill <laughs> from right, here.
1: Right, but it's like remember that that version is still all glossy, right? So, like, what is the story going to become? That's how I took it.
0: Oh, sure, right? yeah, 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 obviously, yes. That yeah. now it's in Schoenner art versus when we first saw him doing this, it was right. it was in Jared's art, right. uh, way right. back in issue one, but um. It, it, it's very impressive that they were able to do this and for me to remember how that issue one started yeah. and get the connection because yeah. there's a lot of books where if you try to reference something that happened 12 issues ago this specifically that I might not quite get it.
1: Well, and with the delays that, you know, the pandemic caused with this book too, you know, oh, for yeah. us to go back even even further, not just the 12 issues, but in time, it's, it's really skillful storytelling on, on all parts here.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, I really just obviously this is the last hurrah we get to talk about this particular combination of talent uh, on this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think the all the stuff on the ships with Alana and Terrific and all the, for lack of a better word, lens flares, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, and the sort of the depth of field effect that's going on. I love how overwhelming all of it kind of feels because the whole idea is they're in the real world, so it's overwhelming, right? right? Whereas you get to the flashbacks, you get or you get to the you know the Doc Shiner ideal version of the past, and everything's very clean, everything's very easy to comprehend and swallow. Everything. I mean, there's a sand
1: monster, right? (laughs) It's clear as day, right? Yeah. Um. So so yeah, like you see the form of it. It's very cartoony, um, and it, it contrasts with that overwhelmingness in the you know the other half of the book. It's like even in the uh
0: that final scene with Terrific and Aaliyah, like, it's still the Gerard's art and it's still overpoweringly bright, but it is a bright future. It does mm-hmm. feel, you know, it's yellow and warm and it's, it's welcoming. Mm-hmm. So even though it's still got that, that kind of harsh real world that like, we have to sort of like live in this world kind of feel to it, it is a lot more uplifting looking than a lot of the other Garred's art that has been in the book. So th- there is still kind of a hopeful tone like going mm-hmm. forward. Like, yeah, and this is maybe what Terrific needs. This is maybe what Aaliyah needs. And they'll both be better for this pairing that they've they've kind of had thrown you know thrown on them. Uh, it's kind of nice. I, I just I, I think I don't know if we've made that specific like analysis on the difference between their art before, but it really kind of just I felt it as I was going through this. Maybe it's just because all the stuff on the ships and them and and picked and they were really like amping up the effects more in this one perhaps mm-hmm. uh, because it is the finale because it is so this emotional climax. But um, I was really feeling the difference in this one, uh, in that particular way, but... Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. It's wonderful. No, I, I have I, nothing more to yeah. add outside. I, I can't believe how well they stuck the landing. Like, I said that with Rorschach, right? But that was a, a murder mystery that was very fulfilling that not, you know, they always aren't. Um, but with this, the way that they weave the two stories together and how the past from the beat from the first issue you know that was reality or the present that was a reality is now the past and now it's being told in this idealized way i was like oh, man god damn yeah
0: yeah even everything we saw in this is going to become a story in some mm-hmm. way yeah right I honestly like if you ask me right now like i think the three big king books at this point i mean no i've not read uh some of the stuff from beforehand, but you know, going from Mister Miracle onwards, Mister Miracle, yeah. this and uh, Rorschach. Okay. You ask me what, what what I think is the best. I honestly, I I would have to really think hardly about how I rank those books because they're all yeah, exceptional they're so, in their own
1: way. They're so different, right? Yeah, the vibe on each of them is is different. Um,
0: and they all feel- I'm very
1: partial to Rorschach still, though, just because that's sure. more my type of vibe. But I would have a hard time ordering them. I just thought about it when you were saying it, and I don't know what I can put at number one. Um, And and they all have something
2: to
0: say, but they all have something different to say. So it's a very impressive... Like, his list of work at this point is really starting to look very impressive when you consider all these, like, 12-issue hardcovers or whatever you can recommend to people and say, no, this is just a great work on it. So you don't have to... I mean, maybe some basic DC knowledge of some of the stuff uh, from beforehand is, is useful. Because, you know, they are fairly... Yeah, they're, they're fairly... But it's not Batman and Superman we're dealing with here. We're dealing with Adam Strange, and we're dealing with Mr. Miracle and whatnot. But they're they're also pretty standalone. So as long as you have a basic understanding... Maybe Rorschach's the easiest one, because it's easy to say, hey, read Watchmen, because you should. <laughs> but then read this right. too, as, as your follow-up. So... It's hard not to just be kind of gobsmacked by just how mm-hmm. how high the quality is here so yes um is it the emotional high point that issue 9 is or not issue 9 sorry issue 11 um no but does it feel like it puts a nice bow on a really strong creative point that it's trying to make and feels like it leaves you wanting more work by tom king gerrards and doc shaner yes it does it very much does so mm-hmm. yeah uh. What are you what are you giving it,
1: Matt? I'm going to give this is a 9.5. Like it's almost perfect. Um, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I'll probably just give this issue on its own a 9. But mm-hmm. if you're asking me, you know, and we don't do this for other books because they're ongoings or whatever, but if you're asking mm-hmm. me, what do I give this 12-issues run, this you know, this book, if you're handing someone the, the the trade or the hardcover or whatever, like, it's a 10. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a 10 out of 10 12-issue story.
1: Yeah, it's that good.
0: That's, that's how I feel about it, um, and maybe that's something. We, maybe that's something we should do at the end of like arcs where there's a clear. I mean, not not for every little thing, but when there's a clear. Like yeah. at the end of Fear State, we can say, okay, how do we rate this bat story slash event kind of thing? Yeah. Maybe that's something yeah. we should do. But uh, I I think um, yeah, ten out of ten. And for for the record, Mister Miracle and Rorschach are both also pretty much ten. <laughs> yeah,
1: <great. laughs> which is why they're hard to rank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're That's very cool. hard to write. Yeah, again, so far, the only thing I really haven't liked uh, from King that I read was, was Omega Man, and I just couldn't, and it, it wasn't for quality. It's just I didn't connect with the mm. story like I do with these, you know? So.
0: Yeah, not counting these mainline DC stuff, obviously. But, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. I'm talking these 12 issue maxi, and I still haven't read Vision, which I need to, but yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and then you've got like Supergirl and Batman Catwoman, which are a bit lower mm-hmm. down the totem pole, yeah. but they're still. Obviously really well done and solid, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. Well, there you go. That's Strange Adventures, issue 12. Another biggie comes to a close. We shall move on to a new beginning. Batman, the Impostor, issue 1. Madison Tomlin and Andrea Sorrentino on the art. This is a new Black Label book. It is a obviously not in continuity. It's just a separate Batman universe... And you know, this is an oversized book. It's a good fifty pages or something like that. Um, this is book one of I think three.
1: Yeah, it seems like it because they had a trade listing in yeah. the solicits. Yeah, see so, for a push. Oh, but, this is why. What? I so I, I looked up the the writer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what else has he worked on? And uh, apparently, he's a screenwriter. You want to guess what he wrote?
0: Uh, uh, is that a movie or a TV show?
1: It's a movie that's coming out that, we're, we're, that you're very excited for.
0: That I'm excited for?
1: Yeah. Is it the Batman? It is. <laughs> and I was like, that's why this felt... I felt that was going to be my main takeaway from this. I go, this is odd that this is going to exist in the same place as the the Batman. Uh, the- the, okay, know, okay. The Matt Reeves... And then it's like, oh, because it's from the same, one of the same creators.
0: It does, it does feel a little bit like the same sort of steampunky, you know, more grounded vibe that that movie yeah, seems to
1: be going I, for. The vibe. Just, I'm not going to talk about the actual book, just the vibe. I'm a sucker for this kind of Batman. We're, we're playing with the world of Gotham and we're getting little bits and pieces of it. And it's kind of taking what we know and, and turning it just a little bit. Um, so
0: yeah, yeah. I, honestly the only critique i really have of the writing is not really a critique at all it was something that i thought was confusing but then wasn't when i realized who was in the first mm-hmm. couple of pages so there's a there's a woman in the first couple of pages where batman kind of lands on her fire escape bleeding and the mm-hmm. narration at first okay this is clearly Hart, and she's surprised that batman's lying there and then it sort of shifted to the next page where it sounded like alfred was narrating all of a sudden and i was confused and uh-huh. the and the reason why I was confused is because when you get to the next page, uh it turns out this is Leslie Tompkins and all of a sudden the narration makes sense because I, I thought the whole point of this story at the start was this is a stranger who Batman's right. just happened to land in their fire escape.
1: Well it's it's because we're not used to Leslie Thompson being a person of colour. Yeah, or Tomp- Tompkins.
0: Tompkins. Yeah. Uh, no, well, yeah, which is totally fine, but there was nothing to tell me until, like, page three or four that this is who that was, so yeah. I, I just didn't get it. I, I thought the narration had switched to a different character, but once I realized that's who it was, I was like, oh, this all makes sense, this is fine. Uh, so, I thought this was is excellent. she in the movie? Let me just uh, get this out of the way. I thought this was excellent.
1: Yeah, so I text Pete earlier today and be like, hey, I'm kind of crunched on time. What What are you reading so I know what to read? And he suggested I read this one because it's Sorrentino and, you know, it's a little bit shorter than, than uh, it was this or Urban Legends. Uh, I am glad I did not skip this. Like, this is something I would have got to maybe next week. I am so glad that I picked this up.
2: Yeah.
0: And to be clear, I don't think there's any, any implication that this has anything to do with the movie. I think this is completely separate. This is not in the same world. No, anything.
1: I don't think it does either, but I'm looking to see if if Tompkins is in the movie and who the actress is that playing her. I, and don't, I don't, know. don't see. I'm trying not to spoil anything for the movie from what we know.
0: I I don't but remember the yeah, announcing. I don't
1: think so. Um, I'm looking mayor candidate. Uh, yeah, there's if there is, I don't. They're not listed in the in this article. So, um, but yeah, no, this is this is very good, and it doesn't hurt that Sorrentino is a master of pacing, because this was what 50 pages, 49 pages.
0: It went in quick. And it, it did not feel it moves. Yeah.
1: No, and I and part of me feels like that he, you know Sorrentino is fantastic, but he's really good at adapting writers uh, in in his art. So in this in this guy that wrote it, Mattson Tomlin is traditionally a screenwriter. So I'm assuming he's just writing this like he's writing a film script, and just letting Sorrentino go. And I feel like this works to their both of their strengths.
0: Yeah, I mean the story has a a few, Obviously, we'll go through it here. There's a few different set-up beats mm-hmm. that are very important, but um, it does feel like an early days Batman story. We we find out later on it's like, I think year three of yep. uh of Batman, but uh, it's a very early days Batman. Uh, we do key references to Gordon and some other characters who are not around at the minute, but uh, they do exist in this world. Uh, and the the crux of the start of this is that she patches him up, and Leslie Tompkins basically gives Bruce this ultimatum where. If he doesn't come and sit down for therapy with her every night after he's out doing his Batman stuff, she'll call the police and tell them that Bruce Wayne's Batman and turn him in. Because she's not convinced that this is healthy, that what he's doing isn't completely psychotic, (laughs) and all these other things.
1: I I love how she broke it down as, as a psychiatrist, that his origin and what impacts that would have on a regular person... And then she's like, and that's not even what stood out to me the most. It was his rage, and I was like, oh man, this is a new take on on the you know on their relationship even. I
0: mean, what I liked about it was just how simple the premise is. Like, mm-hmm. this is a, about her concern for him in the early days, thinking that he's got a bit of a madman running around doing what he's doing, and says, no, if you want me to sort of keep doing this and sort of uphold my end of this, then you're going to do this for your own health, and it 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 felt. <sighs> you know it it felt like um i don't know almost like something about mr robot because elliot and mr robot goes to therapy uh and he i don't want to get into his conditions because that'll spoil some of the show but yeah there was definitely almost like some of that vibe going on a little bit uh with like this is a character that we're behind as an audience who we're kind of rooting for even though he his mental state is a little bit questionable perhaps um but the you know the 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 process of trying to analyze him and like having someone dig into his head is potentially quite fascinating. Uh, so it's really good. But it, you know, there's does a whole sequence here where he explains what happened that night, and it's him get after some guys who were robbing a store, mm-hmm. and he gets hit. But there's some wonderful art here from Sorrentino. Like the the store owner gets shot in the shoulder. Uh, it does that Sorrentino thing with the the sort of the the box. The red. Uh, yeah. zoom ins where yeah, like the coloring changes and. Mm-hmm. uh it shows you sort of the the focus points if you will of the of the moment but the sequential stuff here is great It ends up bleeding into a, a a car chase uh where batman's on a motorbike chasing after them in a car uh all wonderful stuff it flows so well uh there's this the coloring changes when they get outside it's all red mm-hmm. uh like the, the the harsh red light of the, the city uh all beautiful stuff all all very stylized all very deep inky dark blacks just gorgeous stuff to look at um mm-hmm. there's a mood there's a tone to everything in this uh and then that's when after hearing this is where tomkins gives them the yeah. uh the the ultimatum as it were so
1: so i'm looking at this art again as we're talking about it yes and it's very sorrentino but i'm starting to look at bruce and i'm starting to see robbie paths and then i there's there's a specific panel at the end that's very much the Robbie Pat's version that we've seen in the you know, the teasers with the dark eyes, you know. And I was like, huh, oh, that's weird. That's like the new movie coming out. This is very similar to that. <laughs> and then now that I found out it's the same screenwriter, I was like, oh man. Uh, now I'm looking at Sorrentito's Bruce, and I was like, that's Robbie Pat's esque. Uh, I mean good, good on him. but f- good on them for making it still Bruce Wayne enough that I didn't automatically think. Oh, sure. That's just Robbie Katz. I know? mean, the, so,
0: the, the next page after this scene, though, is a full-page spread of Batman looking out at the city. Uh, mm-hmm. If I was even on a new scene, it's, it's when he's talking to her about how uh, Gotham had its first night with no violent crime in 54 years. And it's just right. this this page of him looking out at the... And it's very different, because all that car chase stuff was all red. This is more of a blue. Right. And blue, it's just the, the calm right. city that like, he's kind of achieved by doing well, what he's been doing.
1: And there, there's some light in the middle that almost give the city eyes, almost as if the city's looking back at him. And then that, that, that bottom panel is Bruce crying, right?
0: Yeah. It's him, like, it's like him shedding a tear as Batman. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's just like, man, that was, that's what really, that moment right there is where I was like, oh man, okay. I'm liking this.
0: Yeah. It's, just, it's something fresh. It's something different. Uh, But there's a lot more to say up here. So we, we get introduced to a lot of interesting ideas. So, um, Detective Wong, uh, she's our our other main character of this book, and she's investigating. Uh, well, she's investigating who Batman is, but she's also investigating kind of, uh, like uh, this book kind of brings up some ideas that maybe other books I've not seen explore with Batman. One, for example, being that people are finding random zip lines that have been abandoned, <laughs> like attached to the rooftops, uh, uh, so, and
1: that uh, I-, I like the conversation that you see with the. Um... With with the uh, construction guys being like, yeah, it was just a dude. We we assumed he was just a day worker, uh, you know. And it, it's hinted that that was Bruce going up there setting those up.
0: Yeah, with these uh these disguises, the disguise. of course, is a yeah, classic a Batman trope. Um, yeah. So she goes up to this this Wesker building, uh, this rich guy Wesker, who is like being concerned that the Batman's doing up to no good. He thinks the ziplines belong to him. Uh, there's some wonderful stuff in the art here. Uh, obviously, it's, he he thinks he's a big shot. He thinks he deserves to be privy to police information. And Detective Wong's like, no, like you're still a citizen. You might, you know, contribute a lot of money to the city, uh, to the police department, but you don't get to be privy to things. Like, you know, we, we if we're going to catch Batman and put him away for what he does, then it's going to have to hold up. And that doesn't hold up if I've let information out to the public, which you still account as. But what I loved in the art of the, these pages... Uh, there's a few variations on it, but the first one especially is, like, the panels play out in these uh, almost very cinematic close-ups of, like, these wide rectangles, but the background of the page is this harsh black-and-white angel statue, and it's this really overly imposing thing the entire time, and it it really gives you this impress- impression of his power and how imposing he's being, and she's holding her own, like sort of, like, talking him off, but everything yeah. here is about showing, like, because you get the impression that this this statue we're seeing is probably a statue that's on the outside of the building or something like that. You know, it's something that mm-hmm. he's built. It's part of the the empire that he's built. So he feels like he's a big shot. Um, so you really get this vibe in the, and like the dynamics between the characters and this are so well done. Uh, in terms of just like quickly setting up who they are, how they feel about each other, uh, you really get into their heads. And then then it introduces the guy's son who. Seems to have an imaginary friend. He might be completely psychotic.
1: <laughs> well, you you know who that is, right?
0: Uh, remind me, because it, it didn't tr- it didn't trigger for me when I was reading that.
1: Oh, Pete. Okay, this is this uh, is also where I was like, oh,
0: there's uh, two uh, things. No, no, no. Well, let me give me a chance to guess before you tell me. Okay. Right. Okay. Wesker.
1: Uh
0: huh. Wait, is this is this a uh, Scarface? Is this
1: uh huh? So he goes, I obviously. don't like it, if, if we don't, and he goes, shh, and, and he's, he's already, you know, he's got the, the balding look going, he's got the glasses, but there's no other indication <sighs> that this is, I'm annoyed, Jessica, that, I'm right? I'm annoyed that didn't click and for me. And then the name?
0: I'm annoyed yeah, that didn't click for me when I read it now, now that I'm thinking uh, about okay. it. Okay.
1: And then he goes, Arnold, don't shush me. And she goes, sorry, he goes, no, I'm sorry, um, that's our stop. I guess that's the sun no one ever sees. And it's like, oh man. Does he they usually have, us? Does he usually
0: have a no. super rich parent Nah, no. I don't think no. so. No,
1: so this is what I'm trying to look up right now. And this DC Wiki I'm on is making it very difficult. How I don't think so, because in, in the most fleshed out version is from the animated series that, that we've gotten. because uh, relatively the Vitriloquist is a newer character. He He's created until nineteen eighty eight. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um
0: do you know what bugs this me about nice that? Do you know what bugs me about this? Is that yep. when I first saw the building and it said Wesker, I'm like, okay, does that name mean anything? Is there any characters named Wesker? And I couldn't think of any. So I just assumed it was a new character.
1: We don't, we don't think of him as Arnold Wesker. We think of him as as, as the Ventriloquist in Scarface. You know, because Scarface is the bigger character.
0: Um, I can't remember his so, name, so, though. That was the problem. I couldn't remember his name. Yeah.
1: yeah. So once she said Arnold, it clicked and then as he's talking to himself. And then I looked at him, I was like, that's ventriloquist. So we're getting a little bit of, you know, Gotham being presented here, you know, and, and I love that. man. I love, I love the mythos in Gotham. Um,
0: well, yeah, I mean, the next few pages are hard just narrating over, you know, panels of the city talking about how, you know, we all look at the effects that Batman's had on crime, had on certain, you know, criminal groups, but what about the economic consequences? As, you know, that's what this conversation with Wesker's kind of made her think about is like, what if someone's bankrolling him because he clearly has some sort of money income, uh, you know, some some money to spend? Like, what if this is all like? Are the same companies being targeted? Is there one rich company that's not being targeted? But she does actually point out that the the Wayne, you know, or maybe it was Wesker before, but it was pointed out that a Wayne building did get blown up at some point recently. So,
1: so uh, do we know when the movie's supposed to be taking place? It's early. Well, like, I, I, it's early. So are we gonna see that? Are we gonna see Bruce blow up his own building? Like is this what he, like a little bit of foreshadowing into what to expect? Uh, uh, the I'm movie not... was supposed to be out by now,
0: right? Originally sure. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but this so, comic, like I doubt this comic was planned that far in uh, advance.
1: I don't know. I I do feel like uh, no, no I, I, gonna, I
0: I I think like you're a... reaching here, Matt. I thought that's just has anything to do with the movie.
1: I, I think it takes place in that general because it is a black label. So it can kinda of play with that. I do think this is set in that Gotham. I really do. And if yeah, this might not be canon for you know the term, but it's taking place in that time and you know. Um I don't think I it is.
0: If, I and I, I don't really care if it is either. Like I don't want them, I don't no, want the movie I, to be beholden to this. I don't want this to this is working on its own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I still think it can be a black label, but I just there's a lot of similarities here at play that it's hard to ignore. Now that I know he's the screenwriter of the film, that's all.
0: Um, mm, okay, okay. But
1: so I also, I also like this introduction. Are we are we gonna get there to the um, police crew? Oh yeah, so, so she
0: goes into the precinct that it does that thing where all the panels actually make a police badge, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a bunch of people being brought in to help hunt down batman and we're, we're showing i mean first of all we get like her look you know we get the close-up panels of all their heads where she kind of like labels who she knows but she doesn't know all of them so some of them are just don't know this guy <laughs> like where's one of them which i thought was a nice touch uh but basically this is where the the concept of the title of the book kind of comes into play which is that they get footage of what looks like batman murdering three people three criminals on the top of a roof by kicking them off um and it's super you know super dark super sinister and I love that we get the full close-up, uh, pixelated, you know, security yeah. camera Batman face. Uh, really nice touch. Mm-hmm. So this sets up. Okay, we have to stop him now. He's killing people. He's finally crossed that line. We have to do this. Um, and you know, one of them cracks a joke like, "Hey, these three guys, you know." And I, I actually I love this bit in the writing. Uh, that he he calls them the the three perps, and he's like, mm-hmm. "What do you mean perps?" He's like, "Oh, I mean victims." Because technically they are victims in this case.
1: <laughs> right, and it's it's he says because of DA Dents or District Attorney Dent's genius and not at all misguided crusade against the corruption of the court, cleared them and gave them all get out of jail free cards. So, like of course the cops are upset that the DA accidentally got these guys off.
0: Of course, but I think that's a separate point though. What what I'm meaning is that because of who Batman typically targets he still referred to them as perps before he thought of them as victims. And I think gotcha. and that, that was a really interesting correction I thought that the guy had to point out. Um, but you're right, yeah, they, they mentioned that these guys were only on the street because then uh, they helped uncover corruption, which is very classic, you know, early days Batman stuff. Yep. Uh, but it did lead some people getting out of prison. that just did deserve to be there even also, though their, their cases were, you know, meddled with.
1: Yeah. Also that line, they've been on the street since Halloween doing God knows what. And I was just like, oh my God. He's making reference to the Long Halloween in a metaphor, you know, with, with Debt and his stuff. Like, oh, man.
0: <laughs> I don't know if I think that's a reference to Long Halloween. but Why else bring up Halloween, though, Pete? Because it's the, the horror season, and it, 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 this came yeah, out in October.
1: I, the, I just feel like he's having fun. Like He's not saying, uh, okay. you know. Yeah, I, just I think, he's having I fun. think he's Matt's, Halloween.
0: Matt's got the murder board out. He's got the red strings. He's reaching for connections. That's all I'm saying.
1: I do like Charlie Day.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh so and then what I liked about this next part is that there's a two page layout where it shows you detective uh looking at like, like basically discussing the case and how to track down Batman, how to track down Batman if he's doing these things, and there's like a kind a big bat in the middle of the, the panel, or the bit the middle, sorry, the middle of the page. Uh but then the other side of the, the this two page layout is Batman who's thinking about this imposter and how Possibly he can find this imposter and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Oh wait, no. So I'm on. Uh, I'm thinking of a later page. No, no. Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's a later sorry, page. I got
1: confused. I'm looking what? like no uh, Batman's not there. Yeah,
0: that's a later page. But that's and that is a very good page. But they're both thinking about their case at the same time. This is the page that started bringing up more things that I've not seen brought up before, like um, the police finding twelve of whoever many hundreds of bikes that Batman stashed throughout the city, so he can always has like yep. a getaway vehicle stashed nearby they found, like, 12 bikes, but none of them are reported stolen. So, again, it's kind of hinting that whoever this is, he's got a lot of money because there's, like, a million dollars worth of motorbikes so far found yeah. throughout Gotham City just waiting to be used. Um, it's an interesting detail. I, I, I like kind of this yeah. grounded approach uh, to thinking about it. Um, so, that, this was, yeah, this was more of her thought process. And then, then it shows you Tompkins almost phoning the police because it's dawn, she's waited all night for Bruce but He shows up at the last minute. Um, yeah. and I think what's neat about this is that you know, and I'm glad that I was skipping ahead before because I kind of love that this is the next time we see him, as he's back at Leslie Tompkins because this is like him f- yep. finally reacting to this imposter. Like, because she holds mm-hmm. up a newspaper that says Batman kills and says, Is it true? And he's like, I thought you knew me, and Wait, you know my profile, yeah, and then starts talking about you know how he's going to track down whoever's doing this. Um... That this person's basically getting to hide in plain sight because Batman's mm-hmm. going to be blamed for everything. Um and uh, I think it's later on that he says that if he gets caught then all of a sudden this guy's scapegoat is gone mm-hmm. because now he can't right. pretend to be Batman anymore. Or mm-hmm. or, or reveal that there is two and therefore mm-hmm. basically, you know, redeem uh, the the real Batman in the eyes of the public. Yeah. So he's,
1: uh, and he's been asking around, which is such a great uh
0: Oh yeah, there's a probably the most colourful page in the whole book is mm-hmm. that that page where it says bloody fist and there's like three panels, but one's yeah. green, one's red, and one's blue. Yeah, uh, you know, one's cobble poison the blue panel, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really just wonderful looking stuff. Uh, I I really like the the focus on the close ups and all these conversations and the the mm-hmm. very moody, a lot of shadows, all that stuff. Um, and but you know, Tompkins points out that you know if if they think you're a murderer, you're going to be Feared by the public, and you're going to also be held. You all all this leniency you've had from the police up until now is going to be gone. And we hear from the other cops as well that a lot of them don't approve about you know the you know Gordon Captain James Gordon at some point in the history of this Batman has helped yeah. Batman and has had a signal on the roof, and uh-huh. they're not cool with that. No. <laughs> like so, uh, interesting stuff. Is this is one of these things where you you almost immediately the nicest thing i can say about a, a new bat book like this when it's doing like okay this is their specific focus on whatever story they're doing is that immediately i'm like i kind of want to see like this world's version of all of the big things now i want to see mm-hmm. what what was this first what's the joker like in this world what was batman's first meeting the joker in this world how was the year one story in this world with him and gordon getting to know each other for the first time Like, i mm-hmm. almost want to see all these moments because they've done a good job of making me care about this version of the character and the characters that surround them in this world so
1: yep well I I, you know I know we're gonna kind of see you know I I wanna see Gordon in this world you know if he looks like Jeffrey Wright
0: (laughs) well uh, well, that'll be a giveaway I suppose if if he looks like Jeffrey Wright then maybe we we can start talking um we got another villain introduced though another villain tease Mm -hmm. Uh, we get Ratcatcher yeah um who is presented as... By the as, way, I only would have
1: recognized because I've seen Suicide Squad recently. <laughs> you know? With the uh, mask. So. Well,
0: we get, we get him presented as a exterminator, but he's like a, a humane exterminator who tries to yeah. get the rats gone without killing them. And people give him shit for it and just demand that he goes in and kills them. Yeah. So he puts on his mask and he does it and he's not very happy, but he, he calls human beings vermin. You know? Yeah. Rats are pleasant. Rats are, you know, dogs are more dangerous than rats are, but people yeah. just, you know treat them badly and he gets mugged immediately I also love that he talks about how, <laughs> how he moved to Keystone City for better internet yeah. but he got mugged there too so he just came back
1: someone, someone beat me and stole my shoe so I, I take my chances back in Gotham
0: <laughs> I I also just love the, the, the nudge nudge that like Keystone has quicker internet yeah uh, Yeah. it's yeah, yeah. so a flash city mm-hmm. uh, so at the end of his scene he's very upset he uh notices a Batman and talks about how Batman was actually there. They kind of met once, and obviously, we're both assuming this is the the imposter, right? Imposter, yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, uh, it feels that like this imposter is going to use him from nefarious means, uh, and it's, it's it's a shame because you kind of feel sympathetic for this guy because it feels like he yeah. really is in a bad place, and he's maybe going to latch on to this Batman, thinking he's the real Batman, and and go down a darker path than he than he should uh, via manipulation. So you feel he's going to be taken advantage of. So, credit, credit. Yeah. Um, there is the page that I was talking about earlier, where uh, we get the two sides of the the investigative minds, where one side's the detective and one side's Batman, and the background to this is the puzzle pieces of all the the players, uh, in the in the story. Uh, it's just a gorgeous page. There's, there's not really yep. much to say about
1: it, other than that. I I do like the split on the bat. Is that on her side? It looks like that. Bat monster, but on his side it's him, yeah. And
0: that's underneath that's a... that, that's in red, underneath the jigsaw yeah. puzzle, which is all white. And obviously, the idea of uh, being a puzzle that's been put together and how that relates to you know an investigation is obvious. Yep. Uh, she goes around, uh, Detective Wong, she goes around and uh, you know interviews Penguin Black Mask, mm-hmm. uh, looking for information. Uh, and so they
1: they, end- they oh. bring up at one point the Sionis family, Wesker does, mm. and about how, unless. The police aren't doing a better job. They're they're leaving town, and you know we, we don't want that. Um, so to see black masks pop up here, I think is a pretty that's a, a pretty nice little um, Easter egg, I guess.
0: And his underwear as well. Yeah, yeah. The bottom But the final scene of the book is that Bruce is looking at all these crime photos. He's trying to figure things out. The doorbell goes, and the cliffhanger is the detective Wong is there to ask him questions uh, mm-hmm. about the Batman. Uh, it's a really good cliffhanger because it's really well set up in the book that she, keep, she keeps yep. talking about going to ask the rich people, uh, you know, she's starting to suspect that it's someone rich, she's starting to suspect this, and she's sort of like, all of her reasoning feels like it's eventually going to point to Bruce, but she never actually says the name out loud. I, so the, so yeah. the ending with this final cliffhanger is like, this makes sense, this is so justified that she comes here at the end of the book.
1: I, I do love it's one of those trips in, in Batman comics that I always like, how come a smart person hasn't put this together? So I do like that they're they're doing that here now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you suspect that there's going to be possibly a bit of a a, a new garden vibe to this, where she's by the end of the story presumably going to yeah. learn to at least understand him better, uh, at least or at the very least believe that he's not killing people, uh, right. and go from there. You would you would assume, but. Mm-hmm. It's so well told and it's all these characters are so well defined and it feels like a fairly distinct version of Bruce, although he's still very much Bruce. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. It doesn't lean on a Gordon. It doesn't lean on an Alfred. Yeah, we, we see like it was like one panel of Alfred when Leslie's explained the backstory, but there's no right. focus on him. Maybe we'll just see him next issue and that's fine. But yeah, uh, this was excellent. And the art yeah. the, the is like drop-dead gorgeous and is mm-hmm. constantly adding to the mood. And the style of the, you know, the the book.
1: It really doesn't, you know. That usually when Strange Adventures comes out, that's a uh, number one with a bullet. This is really the first time that it's had some competition.
0: Mm. You know, well, I think so. Well, when we get to the end and we, we have to pick, you can, yeah. you can properly tell us how much competition it is. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you know we read the premise of this in the solicitor. Oh, there's someone going around killing people dressed as Batman. Mm-hmm. So okay, that sounds like a fun premise. But you know we'll see what they do with it. This is like <laughs> the best possible version that I could have imagined <laughs> of that this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Tomkins like therapy angle is really interesting. Uh, the actual intimidation factor of whoever this imposter is uh i mean do we have any guesses to who the imposter is
1: so so we're getting so it's important that the footage came from wesker right Mm -hmm. i'm thinking that this is the play on the ventriloquist is that whoever this is it's a puppet of the weskers to try to you know okay batman out uh now i don't know if there's going to be mind control elements i don't know if they're going to keep it grounded. I do think Wesker's involved. Now, maybe it's not Arnold. Maybe that's the red herring and it's the dad. But the fact that they were the ones that provided the footage of of the Batman kicking the people off the building...
0: It is um, worth mentioning, even if they're not responsible, although I agree why you think that they might be, mm-hmm. because obviously they have this footage, mm-hmm. is that what is 100% is that whoever this is wanted to be seen doing this to right. discredit Batman.
1: Right. right. So... so. That's important. Yeah. So we'll we'll see where the twists and turns go. But yeah, this was really, really good. Do you have any uh ideas on who you think it is?
0: I mean, because we're in a differently standalone universe, it's very easy to assume that for the for the pop they're going to like pick someone who will mean something to us, right? So you know, it turns out to be I don't know, like the the first name that popped in my head was Tommy Elliott, right? For obvious reasons with Hush and him actually becoming Bruce at one point, like Mm But at the same time, is that yeah, too is that too trite? Is that too Yeah it's on the nose, know, those, yeah. yeah. You know. Is it more interesting if it's someone who's usually a good guy who's become right, Yeah, you know, uh I don't know. Like what yeah. if this is Harvey Dent. What if Harvey Dent became right. the imposter Batman.
1: Right. Maybe that's what leads to him becoming two face. Mm-hmm. You know? is he's he's having an issue, an internal struggle inside. Who else uh who else that's, can- that's a good that's a good idea though too because it was his wanting to fix things that put them out, so how does he fix things?
0: And, he, I, I don't you know. know if there's a mention specifically of the Joker. Is. I'm not suggesting that the imposter is yeah. Joker, by any yeah. means. But, I don't know if there's a mention. There is a mention, you know, there, there was like a kerfuffle at the, the reservoir or something. There's a line like that, which it sounds right. like a reference to Joker's first, you know, big right. Gotham antics, because it usually is involving the water supply. Right. But um, I don't know if there's a, d- a direct reference to Joker himself in this issue, so maybe mm-hmm. we are going to see something where the Joker somehow involved. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it does kind of feel like it's ripe for oh someone like oh they, you know they're they're giving his teasies to, to the ventriloquist. they are giving his teasies to Ratcatcher. Right. It wouldn't surprise me if a much bigger A list yeah. villain is involved in some way by the end of this. It's just a, it's just a yeah. question of who and are they themselves the imposter. Or is the imposter someone like uh, hmm you know, I, I like a good, uh, I don't think it's like the Robbins or any of like that cause, no, I that'd be kind of lazy. Yeah. I'd be
1: disappointed. Uh, yeah. What if it's what if it's Basil Carlo, not Clayface,
0: uh, the actor?
2: Mm, it's, a, it's
1: not a terrible idea. Uh, so it's not cool. terrible. All right, we, we should rate this because it's getting it's getting late and I'm getting hungry. So we got to get through some books.
0: <laughs> All right, Matt, we you it?
1: Uh,
0: uh, I'm going to give this one a nine. Yeah, I will also, I'm also going to give it a nine. Uh, yeah. I thought it was fantastic, and if you didn't pick this up because it was a standalone, separate black label mm-hmm. thing, I highly encourage you to do so. Because uh, yep. it's better than most of the other books you're going to read this week. <laughs> so yeah, that's
2: not,
1: yeah, that's
0: true. Yeah, it's just it's that simple. All right, Matt. Yeah. Wonder Woman 780, Blakey Clining and M- Michael Conrad with Travis Moore yep, and Steve Pugh yep. on the art. Uh, you read this. Take it away.
1: I I did. So I'll, I'll kind of make this one a little bit quick. Uh, there was no backup, so it's a little bit of a longer story. Um, this time around, but this is just as the cover says: Wonder Woman returning to from you know the land of the dead and kind of the world's reaction to it. And we get a little bit of everybody. You know, she it starts off. She's going to the Hall of Justice, and John's there on like teleporter duty, and she just you know he's opening up a, a Chaco cookie um and he surprises her officer or she surprises him she says you know hello to the justice league and what i love here is that like everyone kind of expected she'd find the way back they just didn't know when so there's not really like a surprise like diana you're alive it was like oh it took you long enough which is kind of a nice nice vibe like uh, superman asks is that really you you know because in their world of course there might be imposters and whatnot um And, you know, uh, Canary runs in to to give her a hug, uh, leads to her going through the the Hall of Justice. Animal Man's there, spills a tray of food. She's surprised by Black Adam. Um, Fate comes in uh, because they need to go. He needs needs her help in Atlantis, tying it into Justice uh, League Dark. So before she leaves, she sees Apollida. They hug. You know, she understands why she did what she did, but Hippolyta knows she saved the multiverse. Um, so they have a, they have a moment uh, before um, Fate just leaves. So she, you know, never ends up to go help uh, the Justice League Dark. She does end up um, heading like in the direction of the Themyscira where she helps um, some Turkish refugees uh, off of their boat. She pulls them from the water, takes the boat up, there's a bunch of the U.N. white hats there. We get this real cool image. It's a very Superman-esque of her lifting the boat up and out of water with them. all have their phones up saying that it's Wonder Woman. And now this is her big return to the world. Um, the art in this is, is really nice. There's um, a color gradient that I'm sure Connor would really love. Uh, like during the when she's saving this boat, it's like at sunset in the ocean. So it goes from these blues to purples to yellows uh in oranges it looks really pretty. Um but you know Steve uh is here and did you read the has read part of the uh the One Woman special? Yeah yeah so there's yeah a, uh, there's a very long winded Steve Trevor story that seeing his reaction here makes that hit a little bit better about how he's making the documentary about her and whatnot. But he's he's happy that she's back um, it was the
0: first thing I thought of when you said people were filming on their, on their phones and stuff. It tied yeah. in with the ending of that story.
1: Yeah, and so um, Donna and, and Cass are, are there um, and, they see, and they make note that this takes place after Wonder Girl 4. Um, so, and then there's a group called the Holiday Girls who I guess is a take on you know, that old Wonder Woman trope of the girls that she would hang out with from the college. But here they're a biker gang so it's like an all-girl. It's the Holiday Girls Motorcycle Club, which is weird, so I don't know if they've been established before. Um, but they're all excited. They claim it's a holiday. Etta sees her comeback. Um, it cuts to Karak, where I guess the McDoll are now. They have a stronghold set up there. Um, and uh, Nubia looks through... Uh, well, in McDoll, they see that the, She's back, but Artemis isn't happy. She's like, "We're we're warriors in the reverie, uh, save the reverie, return to duties, and find Kring Faruka." So I don't know any of that stuff has to do. That's all new to me. Uh, but then we get her returning to Themyscira, um, and she interacts with with Nubia, and they you know they want to have the ceremony and festival for her, but she's like, "Hey, I need to rest. Like, I've just come back." You know, I, I, I need to sleep. Nubia notices her sword. She's like, yeah, I got this from a friend in Asgard. Um, and she's like, you know, I'm just not Wonder Woman anymore. Um, so she kind of feels like she doesn't have a place. And this book does a good job at showing like her impact with all these other characters that have kind of like, it's taken all of these other characters to kind of add up to who Diana was as a person. And that's kind of what makes her special. Um, but Nubia's like, hey, your mom said something, you know, you know, she gave me this key, in case of your return. And I think I remember reading that in one of the specials that we got. Um, when she left Nubia in charge. That sounds
0: sounds familiar. I think I uh, I remember reading
1: that. It's a trunk that has, you know, the lasso in it. So it connects it there. In between all of that, we see uh, Yara react in, uh, we see Yara react in in uh, Brazil, where she's still hanging out. Uh, she gets up from the table where she's playing cards with everybody, and leaves. But right below that, in part unknown, which as a wrestling fan cracks me up, Doctor Psycho's there, and he's very surprised, and he calls, and says, or someone calls him, and is like, "Yeah, of course I saw. We have to get ahead of this, you know. Uh, I'll be on my way shortly." Uh, so they're teasing stuff, but. After the Nubia scene, we, you know, she gets the, the lasso and she talks about how she needs, to, you know, to go sleep. Because as soon as she got back, it's been just a whirlwind. And uh, she looks into the reflection and it's a little bit sinister staring back at her. Uh, and as someone us read this, I, outside of the whole Janice stuff, I'm not sure what this could mean. Um, but, you know, before she goes to, to leave, uh, she, she wakes or takes a nap. Wakes up on Themyscira and uh, jumps off with the rainbow behind her uh, off to go, you know, reintroduce herself back properly as Wonder Woman. And uh, it says next Wonder Women. So this has laid all the seeds, you know, but it's basically kind of a welcome back issue that almost would have fit better instead of being the next issue. Part of that, you know, big celebration. I mean, other than the page count.
0: There was definitely a few stories in that you could have got rid of yeah. to make room yeah. for it. Yeah, so I only, <laughs> I
1: only made it through the Tom King story just because of the, you know, kind of what it was hinting at with the the time at play and whatnot. and mm-hmm. um, make it much farther, but yeah, I mean, it's a fine issue, and we're going to get back to more Wonder Woman shenanigans, which makes me ask you, now that she's done with all the myths and gods, are you going to hop back on? Are you happy with just the adventures of Yara Floor? Well, what's
0: funny is that I actually said when I read the uh, special last week that that Mm -hmm. the Steve Trevor story by the main team, I thought was Mm -hmm. a pretty solid story, and it made me interested Mm -hmm. in possibly their take on just an actual current Wonder Woman ongoing story, as opposed to their weird Asgard dream shit that was, was what put me off before. Uh, I'm not gotcha. I'm not against it. I mean, technically speaking, this would have been the one that I would have jumped on, but it sounds like mm-hmm. I could probably jump on the next one, potentially.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, just again, this is almost like a cameo fest where she mm. goes around and, you know, we get the Justice League, we get the Amazons, we get Yara, we get, you know, the, the Wonder Girls. I mean, so, well,
0: I'll see. Yeah. I'll see how I'm feeling when the next issue is out, I think, more than,
1: yeah, more than action.
0: Gotcha. But, uh.
1: Well, I right. mean, so so I'll give this a seven point five. I I mean, the art really does a lot of the the stuff here, and it's very wordy in places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of skimmed all over that, but um, yeah, it's it, it's solid, you know, it's it's dependable. But um, I'm definitely curious to see where this goes. So yeah, yeah, I
0: hope the story, you know, gets a better direction. It's something that actually mm-hmm. it can actually focus on and.
1: It seems like with the Doctor Psycho stuff, how prominent he was in the Asgard stuff, that's that's the thread. Because I don't know if they're leaving Wonder Woman to go do the Batgirls. I don't uh, think so. The creative team.
0: I don't think so. so I think they're doing both.
1: If they're if they're staying on here, um, they're definitely seeding that throughout and making Doctor Psycho kind of a bigger threat, which is which is good. Because you know you kind of get tired of seeing Cheetah and Veronica Kale, and as good as those they're they're these kind of Tragic, you know, Wonder Woman villains, and we get that a lot. Where I don't need Doctor Psycho to be tragic, you know, oh, he's no, just of a not. piece of crap, and you, you want to see him get kicked in the teeth by Diana. So, whoever he's working with, um, I'm curious to see where that plays. So, oh yeah, all
0: right, Batman Fear State issue, sorry. No, that's not <laughs> it's not the name of the uh, book. Batman: Urban Legends, Issue eight, yeah. uh which does have Fear State banner at the top of it, hence my uh, my flub there. Um, so none of us read Issue Seven because it was just the, the Future State uh, batch of stories, and it was just kind of a it, it, just, you know, it came in a busy week, and it was like yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah. Whereas this has two tie-ins to Fear State, uh, hence the banner. So I'll mm-hmm. you know I'll talk about that as we get to them. Uh, the first story in this, uh, as per usual, it's four stories. The first and the last are full twenty-page stories. The middle two are about ten each. Each. So, the first one's a Batwoman story. It's part one of two by Alyssa Wong, writing and Vasco Georgiev uh, on the art. Uh, Georgiev,
1: and I know that. Oh,
0: okay, there you go from
1: hockey. Uh, the I'll tell you the tender what for, for the New York Rangers. Uh, his last name is Georgiev, so or Georgiev, however you want to pronounce it, but. Yeah. You're close, though.
0: Uh, okay, yeah, I'll go with it.
1: Uh, so
0: this turned out to be one of the fear state tie-ins, and I'll be honest, the fear state tie-in nature of this I thought was a little bit weak sauce. I I, I didn't even realize it was like, one of the tie-in stories until it got to a certain point where Cass mentioned that Oracle there was a fake oracle saying things, and I was yeah. like, oh, I guess this is a fear state tie-in.
1: So, so I did read this one. I had time to read this one in... Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be mad at more Kate because I've been missing her. And, of course, her with Cass. I, I love that. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot of them in, in Tynan's tech run. But when, when we did, when they were sharing a panel, it was, it was good. They always seemed to be off doing separate stuff for that team. So that's why I wanted to read this. And, you know, as a Kate Kane story, it's pretty good. As a Fair State tie-in, like you said, it's real weak. Yeah, it's just
0: it's a bit odd in that sense. It, it's also kinda of funny that the plot of this, uh in the same week we get Batman the Imposter is about uh imposter casts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an imposter casting Andrew Kane Batgirl round around uh, killing people. Yeah. And that's kinda of what the plot of this is. And it turns out to be this uh not the fake oracle per se, but another like hacker person who like sort of talks to them eventually. But uh Kate finds Cass and they're they're together and it kinda of gets the plot going um the other big part of this is that uh alice but not alice <laughs> she's not alice anymore uh no
1: it's uh, the sister it's, it's, it's yeah. The betty.
0: Yeah, yeah, betty. yeah betty yeah betty uh she's like dealing with the fact that she's sort of getting over her her alice thing but she still she still lives with it though she still sort of sees alice in the reflection yeah. sometimes she the... has a she has a freak out moment that kind of yeah. thing the the big Crux of the, the issue for her is that at the end of the story, it's like they need to track down whoever's behind this fake cast murdering stuff is. So she's like, hey, like, we can maybe, we've got some resources here that we can pull upon. I mean, I, I don't have contacts, yeah. but Alice. So Alice has contacts. So it looks like the second part of this is going to be either her letting Alice out or pretending to be Alice to make use right. of the, uh, the criminal underworld contacts that Alice has, which is okay. I, I, yeah. I, it's one of those things where I'm glad that at least it's in a different place because I, mm-hmm. I, I got so sick of everything being about Alice when I was reading Batwoman before and the last Batwoman yep. soul series. Um, when it, when it when the twist happened like halfway through that book that Alice was involved, I just, that was when I completely lost interest Yeah, because it's always what our book's been about. And it just Wait. feels like move on. From time
1: t- to move on. There's There's better stories in there. Betty,
0: being back to being Betty though, but sort of mm-hmm. dealing with her, her inner Alice, but mostly being a good character, is definitely a new status quo, so it is therefore more interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, and I like how we only see Alice through the looking glass. And that's such a good... You know, oh, sure. But I have, I, to, know,
0: I have to admit, though, I did kind of feel a bit of a... Like, see, when she first saw Alice in the re- reflection of the, yeah. the water, or, or tea, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. I did kind of have a moment of like, oh god, are we really... Are we, <laughs> yeah. Are we doing this? There was a better
1: way to do it, and they did it, where she's trying to put the makeup on, Mm. And Kath busts through and it it leads her to hit her eye and her makeup ends up becoming like her Alice makeup. I thought that was way more effective. Um, Mm. That stood out more than looking into the reflection. But at the end there where she talks about, you know, letting Alice out or whatever, and it's through that little makeup mirror. That was a nice touch. I like that because it plays on the whole Alice in Wonderland, Alice in the Looking Glass. So,
0: yeah. Uh, I think the art is a bit hit and miss. Uh, the faces yeah. uh, in particular. Uh, Montoya shows up at one point and kind of has a bit of a fight with Kate uh, about, you know, looking for Cass and whatnot. Um, I thought a lot of the f- the facials on the characters were a little bit off or over-exaggerated. There's some really pouty lips at a couple of points. You know, uh, just, just stuff that doesn't look that great. Um, once they're in the costume, I, I think, you know, Cassandra Kane, when she's in costume, because they don't have to draw the face, I think a lot of artists get an easy time with her and can still have her look really good. And that, I think that's true here as well. I think when we see her in the alleyway fighting some magistrate drones, uh, she, looks, she looks great. Uh, and then, you know, Kate shows up and they have a bit of a team up. Um, but once we get our mask off again, all of a sudden, all the, the, all the critiques I was having with the art kind of started to bleed back into it. Uh, Which is a shame. So yeah, what was the name of this villain again? I forgot who who it was. Seer, that's who it was. I knew it was a stupid name. Uh, So Seer starts talking (laughs) to them through a bunch of TVs uh, and the the Oracle Comms channel, whatever it is, uh, and they're like, shit, we have to go and uh, deal with something. Uh, Betty is attacked by magistrate drones, but Alice took over and stabbed the shit out of them. Uh but this this is basically the end of the story where they're talking about what to do next, and she's like, hey, Alice has got contacts, so that's uh let's do that. It's okay. I I wasn't in love with it. I I think it's Fear State tie-in nature is kinda lame. It feels like the story didn't need to be tied into Fear State they've just kind of worked a little bit of magistrate into it just so that it can be tied into fear state. But the actual story right. of someone like having this fake cast, murdering people uh, in a video and leaking that out, that could just be a standalone story. There's nothing about it that needs to be connected to fear state. Nope. Um, you know, uh, uh, Betty pretending to be Alice or having to call upon Alice's connections is a little bit interesting. So I'll see what they do with mm-hmm. that in the second part. uh. But the the art was very iffy on the faces, so I wasn't necessarily enjoying the art in this one. So i will a bit lukewarm on it overall. Hmm. Mm. Well, you well you read this one? Did you? Want to read it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read it. I'll, this is six point five. Like you said, the art mm. was real hit or miss, and the story doesn't do anything new. But when it does hit, I you know stuff really resonated. But yeah, kind of disappointed. Um. Mm. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I'll probably give it like a. Yeah, probably like a six. It's not bad, but I I I wouldn't like go out of my way for it. The next story uh, is a story about Batman looking for a, a kidnapped child who's been taken by Professor Pig, who's going to turn her into one of his dolls. Uh, but it's all framed around the uh, you know the 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 three piggies right in their houses and the the big bad wolf. Um, I I always get this this fairy tale mixed up with the. Uh, Red three Riding billy Hood goods? and the no no Red Riding Hood like I always mix up my wolf stories Oh, <laughs>
1: uh, gotcha uh, yeah so no, Red Red Riding Hood has him becoming grandma yes, and yes, Three yes. Little Pigs has him huffing and puffing to blow the house down
0: yes yeah. but it's it's all framed around Three Little Pigs and mm-hmm. it's him going to various villains to get information he goes to Penguin and he goes to funnily enough uh, the ventriloquist and Scarface uh, and he gets information of three locations and the first one he goes in and beats everyone up and that's like the you know that's the straw house and then he goes to the the one made of sticks and he beats everyone up there and basically it's, it's flashing back to thomas like reading young bruce this story as a kid and when he gets to the final location where professor pig actually is with the kid and he's about to do the surgery uh his art as he calls it uh yeah. it's, it's, it's that part in the story where and you know when bruce is hearing this as a kid he's told that the wolf can not get in because it's the brick house or the stone house so he tries to go down the chimney, but he ends up getting into the the boiling water and dying. Uh, and all the the pigs have him for stew. Uh, like so, <laughs> when he gets to that part, he's like, "That's stupid. The wolf is stupid. I would be more prepared." Uh, so, in the main part of the story, his bat tank like goes through the wall and gets into the the I guess like an old factory or something that pigs taken over. Uh, maybe an old abattoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he saves the kid, and the story ends with him just, you know, he gets out of the bat tank and says, little pig, little pig, end the story. It's okay. It's like mm-hmm. sort of, this is the sort of thing where, if you threw this into one of those 80-page, 100-page specials and this was like a, an 8 or 10-page story, and it, yeah. I'd be like, okay, that was a neat little idea for a short, As you frame it around three little pigs, mm-hmm. and you have Batman looking for Professor Pig in yeah. the context of that. Okay.
1: Seems more coherent than the story that King wanted to tell that Bruce apparently loved as a kid. Uh, oh, that, sure. <laughs> right, was,
0: you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah cause, uh, because part of me was thinking, okay, I get that we're after Professor Pig, but how does this tie in? But then there's like, oh, he's got three locations right. and he's going to go through them on the mm-hmm. Okay, all right, all right. Very good. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all right, it's all right. It, it's kind of funny, though, to like, take a story like that and take the villain and be like... No, no no he's the he's the one that Batman's gonna go, no, no no, I'm doing this job, I would do it better, I'll get in. Right. I'll get into that brick house, don't you worry.
2: <laughs> just take that some,
1: dumb.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just just take some heavy machinery, that's all it takes. Yeah. Stupid wolf. Um yeah. so it's okay. Uh but uh oh, yes. I mean I wouldn't rate it too highly. The art is more stylized than the previous story, which and I think that's okay. It's more stylized. It's obviously I can't remember the the Artist up to my head now that I'm not on the page, but um, oh, it's, it's Christian
1: Ward did the art and the and the story, that's story.
0: right. Um, yeah, uh, I would describe his art as almost a little uh Carmine DJ Domenico esque, okay. It's got a little bit of that vibe, uh, but yeah, the art's not bad. Uh, it's definitely stylized, not something that I'd want in every type of comic by any means, but I think it fits here, yeah, well, especially since it's going with the, the fairy tale vibe, uh, so yeah well, well stretch this out to a seven i think uh, for this one uh so that's cool uh next story was an asriel story uh with him going after a villain called bullet tooth but bullet tooth <coughs> c- commits suicide by setting off an explosion uh and then we see some some of asriel uh jean paul at like his, the hospice that where he's volunteering uh he's trying to give this guy who's dying a pep talk and whatever. Uh, Batman comes to see him, though, that night because he's like, hey, there's there's some bodies from a, a, an incident and Jean-Paul's like, that's not me. The guy blew the place up himself. That, that's not on me. But he makes it very clear that he doesn't want him to be killing anyone. Uh, Accuses him of also being involved in a... some guy got, like, killed with a big axe and he's like, I don't use an axe. I use a flaming sword. <laughs> that's not yeah. my the
1: axes get, aren't my thing. It.
0: So... Uh, yeah, and the end of the story is that uh, Bulletproof, or Bullet Tooth, uh gets up out of the morgue and walks out. And a, a big theme of this story, like, throughout, is the idea that death has no jurisdiction in Gotham. That phrase is repeated a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, it does point out at the end of this that, as an editor's note saying, this story takes place before the events of Arkham City issue one, which I thought was an interesting thing for it to, to point out. So, uh, yeah. but, uh, neat. Which was a good first issue, by the way. I don't know if you read that. Uh, no. Uh I'd recommend
1: it. Uh, gotcha.
0: Uh that's good. Uh me and Connor Connor were both into it.
1: Uh Right. That that was the one the that's uh an homage to Arkham Asylum.
0: Kind of, it's a very different story though. Uh gotcha. Uh it's a really good horror book, I would say. About okay. like all these villains being out in Gotham again. And it is in continuity because it's set after a day. Yeah. Uh cool. So I'd recommend catching mm-hmm. up for the issue 2 next month. Um, cool cool. So, that, that was it. I, 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 you know, the art was... Actually, now the art... Like, I thought the art was a bit... It was stylized in a way that... It, it looked a bit Cartoon Network to me. Uh, mm-hmm. It had the, the thin Johnny Bravo legs. <laughs> and there was a okay. of, And there was sort of a lack of detail in the faces that it was going for. Which is, it was definitely a stylistic choice. It wasn't just, like, a laziness thing. But I don't know if I was that into it, I will say. Uh... And the story's part one of uh, I don't know, have maybe one of three or something like that. I can't remember what it said at the start, but uh, it's, it's kind of okay. Like uh, you know, it's like I, I'm not a big Asriel guy if I'm honest, so I'm not necessarily yeah. like jonesing for an Asriel story at the best of times. So, uh, it's okay, I'd say the sequentials in the art uh, motion wise are alright. There's there's a nice kind of flow to it, but I I don't like the actual body and face style of the art that much. So, I I'll probably give this like a six as well at the Batwoman story. I think, yeah, not bad, but uh, not not necessarily setting the world on fire either. And then the final story. Now this is interesting because I, I I felt I felt lied to when I started this. You start this final yeah. story, and it says future state, and then in brackets plus thirty years, right? So this is so it's, it's saying it's future state thirty years from now. That's what it's saying. <laughs> And I thought, wait a minute! I thought I was getting a Fierce State tie-in. What is this nonsense? Yeah. Right. No, don't, don't, don't react too soon because this actually goes okay. in interesting places. So you've got like, you know, rel- uh, not old man Duke. He's not ancient, but like you know, middle aged Duke. Uh, and he's riding uh, a beast that turns out to be uh, oh, what's his name?
1: Um, the Metamorpho.
0: No, 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 no. Uh, uh, tickle.
1: Okay. Oh, from the Clarion and Witch boy?
0: Hmm. Uh. So he, So he's riding. He's riding Tickle and Jefferson, as we know from Future State, is just like lightning. Now he's just like the embodiment of lightning, and he's tied right. to the sword. Uh. Basically, they're like making a last stand uh, against this villain who we don't really know yet. Who's got a big cloak on. He's coming for them, and they're racing uh to this location to use some magic, and Duke jumps through a portal. And then he goes back in time. This is a fear state tie-in because it goes back in time to present day. Oh. Uh, so, so I, I like this. I appreciated this. It, it swerved me into being mad at first because I was like, "Wait, this is a future state story. Why am I getting this?" And then it goes back in time. It's there's like a two page layout showing you like sort of like, "Okay, this is fear state twenty four years from now. This is fear state in eighteen years. This is fear state in six years, two years." And then I was like, "Okay, now he lands." In Gotham, it's the only chance they've got to save in the future, so, and Batman would do anything it takes to save the future, so they're going to as well. So Jefferson and Duke arrive, uh, or sorry, Duke doesn't even come back in time, sorry. He just sends Jefferson, who's like, you know, living lightning back, right? So this is the, the full lightning version of Jefferson yeah. who gets sent back in time. Duke himself doesn't come. Uh, I misspoke there when I said that. Uh, so he kind like of, even like a little, uh, almost a reference to the Terminator, when he, when he sort of like lands on the ground, he lands with his, his fist down and he's like on his knee. It's very Terminator-esque, the pose. But he asked some guys for, uh, you know, what was the last big thing that happened in Gotham? And they're like, uh, I, I don't know, uh, the, the Joker war, I guess? That was, was that the last big thing that yeah. happened? Uh, it like, okay. He's like, shit, I'm a, I'm a week or two later than I was expecting to be. Uh, so he finds where the Outsiders are at this time, which they were fight. They were basically fighting this underground Mortal Kombat style tournament against monsters <laughs> to stop them from okay. taking over the surface world. Really random, but it's one of those weird things where you just put it in as like, almost like a joke that this was going on, and this is what they right. were doing, and they were working with Frankenstein to do this. Uh, It's Sweet. just a neat little aside. But Metamorph was there, Katana's there. You yeah, know, it's the Outsiders, right? And they talk about how... In between books, they've been working as a team uh, where they swap in a fifth member. In this case, it's Frankenstein. But whoever's got, like, a job for them will be the fifth member. But then those four are the main Outsiders team. But future Jefferson, all-lightning Jefferson, shows up. Present-day Jefferson's like, recognises enough on him. And he's like, hey, your energy signatures are me. You're me. Are you from, like, another world? What, you know, where are you from? He's like, no. I'm here from the future. Uh, Duke becomes one of the, the world's greatest... Uh, what was the word he used sorcerers a sorcerer mages that was the word mages he because he, he, because he's got a demon arm in the future you see <laughs> he becomes a mage
1: okay
0: <laughs> uh so he sent me back through time because there's a guy uh in gotham who's going to become this villain um what was his name jonah winfield who was one of the students of jonathan crane and jonathan crane drove him mad and this was years ago when he was a student Right uh, and he left Gotham, but he tried- he came back to try and counter his fear uh but lot did he know that when Jonathan Crane did an attack on like a subway station recently uh, with a fear toxin, he was infected with fear toxin for the second time, but because he'd already been exposed, his antibodies were different than everyone else's, and it kind of like grew and became this worse thing where he could basically spread fear in people uh mm-hmm. uh basically airborne uh. Maybe this is a very topical thing, because it's kind of, you know, pandemic-esque, yep. this idea. I
1: mean, it, it fits in, and this is Brandon Thomas, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh,
1: that checks out with him.
0: So, yeah, so mm-hmm. we get this set up, and I'm like, you know what, is is this how they're going to, like, kind of, like, write Fear State out? Is they're actually going to do, like, a Terminator-esque plot where they actually stop it from happening? By having Lightning Jefferson come from the future and helping the Outsiders stop it from ever going down that path? Like, this, this one domino is the one thing that's going right, to stop the, the right. fear state that we saw in Gotham from actually happening. That's actually what... If that's what this is, it's genius. <laughs> this is a genius mm. way of doing it. <laughs> I legit got excited with the premise here. Uh, So they go and find this guy who's starting to be kind of monstrous. He's got a cloak on. And they're like, hey, we're trying to help you. We're, you know, we're going to try and stop this. But when the guy like attacks them, they all start seeing their own fears. Uh... As a full page spread with in the reflections, you see them all sort of facing their uh, their worst nightmares, uh, various villains and whatnot. Uh, and then the end of the issue is that uh, Tim shows up and announces himself as Red Robin, which I thought was interesting because he's not been called Red Robin in a while. But sure.
1: No, I mean, but they also got rid of Drake in his GPS uh, uniform. That's true. That's true. So, yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, so Tim shows up at the end to help, and that's kind of the cliffhanger. Uh. And it's, it's funny, though, because one of them actually yells out, the Joker's getting away, but it's only because one of them saw this bad guy as the Joker, because he's the Joker's The Joker got fear. away. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: Yes, so. Uh, easily, this was the standout
1: story okay. of the so- book. Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah Duke, Tico with the demon arm. I mean, like, I mean to, to sum this up, this is an outsider story, and we have typically
0: enjoyed most versions of The Outsiders ever mm-hmm. since they came back in that book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not all the gummies we've seen in Future State of them and whatnot. It's an outsider story where lightning future Jefferson goes back in time to help the current present-day Outsiders try and stop this character who is going to spread fear to the point where fear state or Future State in Gotham is going to happen. If... Like, this may end up being, like, such an important story, at least in the sense that, at least if you care about why didn't everything happen, this might be important to that. But at the very least, so far, it's fun. The art is... Uh, mm-hmm. The art's not amazing. Like, you know, it's very house-style, it's very serviceable. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, there's not a great, necessarily, tone to it or anything like that, but it's it's not bad by any means either. There's There's the odd wonky face or whatever, but for the most part, it's just kind of typical. Um... Some pages are better than others and it's all i can really say about it which is i know it's not like a a glaring thing but uh i'd probably go as far and give this like a nice 7.5 i think the story concept is super fun i love being mad for a couple of pages before i realized oh wait this is a fear state tie-in it's just it's just going about it in a really interesting angle <laughs> um
1: you said like me in therapy yeah no but i like being mad <laughs>
0: I like, well, I like being mad when it's like it's almost designed to give me the catharsis mm-hmm. of like, oh no, I was worried for nothing. A couple of pages right. later, that's just good storytelling. Uh, so ours a bit ho hum, but uh, I, I would say the 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 premise is fun, and I'm kind of intrigued by what's going to. Be. So this is a, a part one of three, I think. Uh, so they've got me, they've got me for this story at least in Urban Legends for the next couple of issues because I. Yeah. I, I damn well want to see the rest of this now, which, which is annoying because the rest of the stories didn't work me that much. So I could have very easily just said, ah, "I'll just set out for Marvel Legends now." But then you get to this last yeah. story, and I'm like, "Oh damn it, this is actually quite interesting." You son of a bitch. That's funny. Son of a bitch. So yeah, seven point five on that one uh, for me. If, if the art was better, I would have probably comfortably scraped that eight, but it didn't. So uh, that's where it'll sit. Uh, all right, Matt, Superman and the Authority issue four. Grant Morrison with Travel Foreman and and take away.
1: So still not sure when this is supposed to take place, but uh, the last issue ended with Ultra Humanite taking Superman into a, a model city of Kandor uh, a model bottle city of Kandor um, and he's going to take his brain, put it into Superman's body doesn't realize that Superman is weakening but still that's better than nothing uh, as he's monologuing in his Grundy body, um, with the brain sticking out, you see Superman start to heal um, as the <laughs> buzzsaw that's supposed to go open his brain comes open. Um, he goes, that strength, and Candor H- he should be powerless, but um, he, he Superman says, the Kryptonian environment's offline and you didn't even notice, and I have all the strength to handle you. Um, Superman and Lois, or Lois ends up being in there um, and this is all you know part of the, the plan for him to defeat the ultra humanite she hits him with white kryptonite which deteriorates plants which is like an old school like silver age kryptonian or kryptonite thing which coming from Morrison makes perfect sense um, and he rips the grundy head off and um, basically uh, Lois is like hey Smallville, what's up with you ripping his head off? He's like, oh, that's, he's, you know, that's Grundy. He can be regone. He's not a real human. Like, you know, we'll send it back to Slaughter Swamp. He'll regrow. Um, what can you learn about the brain? So it's a super creepy. They take this this head and they put it in this Kryptonian device and, you know, there's basically a, a, a product code and it ends up being Brainiac. And Brainiac is the one that was, you know, running all of this. They end up talking through this... Um, the Kryptonian headband that puts him in contact. Interesting thing here is I don't know if this is a a Luther Brainiac combo, but this is a Brainiac that isn't a L- Luther-like business suit, and he's you know monologuing about you know him wanting to get basically Superman's brain, um, and he's like, if I'm gonna save the planet, I have to get rid of you. You're the thing. So this what makes you think it's definitely a Luther. Brainiac combo.
0: Well, we shall um, call him he, Bran Briniac,
1: or, or you can know, call him Luthiac, like they did on the cartoon, but, you know, that, that's my I do.
0: Um, oh, well, I was trying but, to do some alliteration with the B and the R, but fine, got,
1: fine. Gotcha, gotcha. So he says that, you know, he's the one that put Ultra Humanite up to this, and so wherever they are... Um, oh, this is this is the... the um, I guess not... I guess I don't know if he's talking back through time because it gets all morosiny, but that's fine. That basically he's the one that put Ultra Humanite up to this because he wanted to be the one. You know, he doesn't like that Superman is the Man of Tomorrow because Ultra Humanite's the Tomorrow's Human Today, and that that body's the key to his eternal life. And you know, and then it cuts back to the Authority and they're fighting in Dubai. Um, the the team that Ultra Humanite put up, but you have you know Iron Cross, who's an indestructible white supremacist. He gets taken out by Midnighter um, and Manchester Black and Natasha, who Manchester Black, Manchester Black ends up getting into his mind. Um, and there's basically not much to do because, as he says, he's a dumb white supremacist, um, which leads to Natasha just walloping him with the hammer, um, with her hammer, uh, and removing his head, uh, which was uh, quite, you know, strange. And then there's this uh, basically living AI that's running out of nano it's very very Morrison that's basically a, a nano colony come to life whose name is Silva's daughter at Civ Mento, which is also you know engineered by an alien activist, aka Civ. So um Civ tries to take out Natasha uh or yeah, Natasha irons. Wait, is it? I'm having a brain fart again. It yeah. is, right? Natasha irons, yes. What what color net? And then this, <laughs> I'm telling you, my brain's not what it was. It wasn't great before. I mean,
0: I wasn't completely paying attention, but assuming you're talking yeah. about the niece of uh, Steel, thing yes.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So i <laughs> Natalie Irons came into my brain, well, and I think the multiverse crossing I, over. No, 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 you're not a so.
0: complete fool here, because okay. on Superman and Lois, his daughter is called Natalie. Uh,
1: okay, there we go. I wouldn't know that, because I've only seen one and a half episodes, so... Well, it's
0: you know. a bizarre prediction, yeah. then, that you've, that you've made
1: subconsciously yeah, right. so uh and then midnight ends up fighting someone called flower which who's like a a french super soldier it's kind of you know french black widow plus captain america but superman and luthiak are you know talking that you know civ's a refugee from a planet called compitalia she fights her way's awareness for the ignored and the forgotten of her community but arriving on earth and inadvertently eradicating the town of lamont uh, kind of face you know she didn't mean to do bad but you know so um basically luther's trying to or luther raniac trying to put him at you know odds with this thing um but it says that natasha irons is so much more than the armor and she comes up with a way to defeat this uh person yeah my neighbor just slammed the door and super loud um manchester black ends up fighting coldcast who's a former elite member one of his you know who's a master of first force They end up fighting, Uh, uh, Apollo fights this new version of Omak, who's looking for Light Ray. Um, They end up not not wanting to fight because uh, Light Ray is being taken away by Eclipso, which I got really excited because I love Eclipso, but this just basically comes down to Omak reawakening, or not Omak, Enchantress reawakening light Light Ray with the help of Apollo by, you know, getting the light going. Uh, Manchester Black ends up defeating um, his guy from the Elite. They all end up, you know, victorious, which of course pisses off Luther because you know this was not the plan. And um, he said he quit the board. And what well, we find out that this Luther Brainiac, it's like in a in a pool uh, of other connected brains, and that basically that Superman just quit. And that by walking away, that means he wins. He doesn't have to engage. Um, And then he goes, and who knows Brainiac? Perhaps you'll find a new way to work with this new generation. But as for you and I, we're done. And that's just basically by defeating Brainiac by not engaging, which leads to Ultra Humanite saying, like, "I'll, I'll wear this brain. You tell me, you know, tell me what I need to do to kill his son, which body I need to wear, which leads to all these different Ultra Humanites. There's a chemo. There's a Tyrannosaur, it looks like. Um, just basically what version going to, he's going to use to kill John. Um, and that basically the Superman assembled the authority for a reason and that they're going to be going somewhere and they're going to take this Superman ship, uh, which is, you know, a nice play on, on Superman having to leave it. I almost feel like they're trying to tie it into the world stuff, but it's, this is such a different universe that I don't know how they could. Um, but judging how action ended last with the authority showing up, I don't know. Um, but so, you know, consider this next mission or a practice run, Superman tells them, you know, losing power, running on empty, no time the the present, uh, a contender for the most dangerous world in the galaxy, um, and that they're heading to War World. And it says to be continued in Action Comics 1036. Don't understand how this is all going to play in, but Superman ends it by saying, let's bring the thunder he uh, he's got a light ray, Omak, who looks like Mongal, um, Enchantress, Manchester Black, Natasha Irons, and Apollo Midnighter. Um, and then it says later and it cuts to Superman getting into his uh Superman getting into his traditional suit. And he very much looks like um Kingdom Come Superman here. He's talking to Manchester Black. And um, he says, "Activate your earplugs while I open a, a sonic lock to the tesseract." So I'm thinking this, you know, this is having to do with how they're going to explain all this. So he goes, "He came into a, 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 a position of, of a fragment of something called the wall, which is the source wall, and in it, uh, it, you know, he goes to a, a, a part of the wall, which." has, like, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it's one of those faces looking like dark side, but a little bit different, and it just says Light Ray is and to be continued. So I don't know how this all is all going to play out. Uh, it was a pretty solid conclusion to this miniseries. It's very Morrison-y. It almost feels like this is, for what I criticize Bendis on, for whatever his story is, is the next chapter, this feels very much like what Morrison wanted to do, going forward from his action comics run um, because it very much plays in with the Final Crisis and then the action comics and all of that type of stuff. Um, but yeah, the art's all janen It looks great. Like the fights, his Eclipso. I wish he was given more to do besides I just stand and try to corrupt uh, Light Ray. But, you know. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll give this a 7.5. It's, it's pretty good. I don't recommend it to everybody though it's not going to be... <laughs> Like, everyone's cup of tea, and I feel like even just rushing past it, people are going to be upset that I didn't give it its proper time, but, like, you know, it, it's... Like, I understand what Morrison wants to do with Superman. It's just not exactly what I'm enjoying and what's going on in, like, action and even what Taylor's doing in *Son of Superman. You know, it's very much out there stuff. Like, Natasha's fighting a living algorithm, basically. Um, you know, and so as a whole, this whole mini outside the second issue which was you know introducing each of the authority a little bit weak sauce I mean I like that each of those introductions was by a different artist that one was kind of Morrison's kind of more over the top writing um but so here it, it really came in pulled itself together uh, it's nice to have Janet on the whole issue so so yeah 7.5 yeah, okay,
0: cool I, I don't really regret not reading it to be honest I mean I read the first yeah, issue yeah I
1: don't I, I wouldn't recommend it to mm. you
0: yeah. Nah. Yeah. Oh well. So one last book to talk about. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. Uh one of the higher tiers. You can make myself or Connor read a book, and I will be reading The Joker, issue eight, for that very purpose. And this uh gets to explaining of who Lady Bane is. We get the backstory of Lady Bane in this issue. If if anyone remembers this the the cliffhanger in the last issue is Gordon was sitting speaking with an Interpol lady. And then Lady Bane showed up and said "Hello." In <laughs> the last page, I'm being a little facetious, but that was the gist of it. So, um, she she you know she doesn't play too nice. Uh, she does rip off and her lady's arm in the opening scene, which you know it's a bit violent. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Uh, so. That's kind of the start where it starts, and Gordon's horrified. Lady Bane basically grabs Gordon, kidnaps him, takes him out. Single, ha- she actually a really fun action sequence at the start where Gordon's tied up in the back of a car, and she actually takes on a, like, a police force and a helicopter by herself by using a car door as a shield, hitting a guy with it, throwing it up into the uh into the helicopter. You know the blades. And then the helicopter blows up, and she walks away from that without looking at the explosion, like a total action movie badass. She
1: don't look at the explosion. Guys don't.
0: Uh, exactly. Cool guys do. Exactly. So, but yeah, she takes Garden, and then when he wakes up on a boat, uh, she takes off his his uh, bane's, and he's like saying, "Who the hell are you? Who do you work for?" And he's she's like, "I am vengeance, Mister Garden," and she gives her backstory. So basically and this is what most of the issue is now, is, is this, like, flashback. It's explained that the people behind Santa Prisca, the people in charge, like, they didn't necessarily care for Bane's obsession with Batman, but Bane does a lot for Santa Prisca in terms of the aura, in terms of, like, their status. So they effectively wanted to make a new Bane. And they actually had, mm-hmm. uh, like, her designed in, in a in a test tube, she, she basically finds this out that they had joker help like make her oh boy. in a test tube, and she was grown in a lab uh scientists and all that uh or maybe it wasn't joker it was involved sorry maybe i'm just um conflating oh. that but uh th- you know they had scientists use venom and she actually grew in a test tube of venom and when she was released from it she basically already had an addiction to venom mm-hmm. uh, uh but she was born as an adult as well so she, she never had a childhood we see like piles yeah, of her growing in the test strip
1: Right, she's almost kind of like a version of X twenty three, a little bit, yeah. You know? She's
0: like X twenty three, Bane, in a yeah. weird way. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, granted, she she you know lived a life and and whatnot, and was you know a typical clone that way. This is you know comic book born in a test tube, you know, fully grown. Yeah. She's almost like X twenty three meets a Terminator.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's like the file just says Bane Mark Two. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Bane Mark 2 Vengeance is, is, is what it says on the yeah. file. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, basically, the leaders of Santa Priest a deal with the secret lab to design her. Um, obviously, Joker has been causing chaos and they the center after Joker. But she's basically upset that she doesn't really have any real motivation. Like, the, the hatred of Joker has been kind of, like, designed into her. So she hates Joker and she wants to kill him, but she doesn't like that she... She doesn't really have a real reason for it. And... She takes uh, the ties off Gordon and he asks what she did. Uh, and she basically, when she found this out, because she was, she was there to like, you know, look for Joker because Joker was maybe in the slab, but there was a secret compartment that led to all this information about herself and this this the second level of it. And she killed her entire team that went with her. <laughs> because part of their job was to burn the evidence of how she was created so she would never find out. Uh, at least seemingly, that's what it seems like. Right. Uh, so she kills the rest of the team and Gordon cuts back to present day and Gordon's like are you going to kill me and she's like no and, well, what, do you want, what do you want with me then and she's like I want your passion and he's like wait what <laughs> what are you talking about it's yeah. like uh, you're an old man you've lived a long life and you've tried to do good it seems like you've tried to be a good man and you're here to hunt the Joker because of what the Joker's done uh, your, your hatred and your feelings for him are real all that kind of thing you know, when I had the Joker before and I had him tied up and I I, I tortured them, or, or if I do get my hands on him, like, I know, I can describe to you how I'm going to make it last, how I'm going to inflict punishment, how I'm going to, like, rip out body parts, but in a way that will not put him into shock, so he'll be there to experience it for as long as possible, and I'll do all this, and I've thought about it, and I know what I'm going to do, but ultimately, it's all for nothing, because none of the feelings that I have are real. Um, and she talks about how she'd bury him, but then guard the grave for a week, dig him back up to make sure he's still dead, and then set him on fire. Like, it's really in-depth. Like, she goes really in-depth into this process of how she's going to kill the Joker. (laughs) And then says, you know, I saw you have a chance to shoot Joker, and you can't do it. You think you can, but we both know you can't. So, how about you give me my purpose? You give me, like, real purpose that I know is real and comes from a genuine place. Uh... I'll be your vengeance, Jim Gordon. And that's what the story's called. It's called, uh, Gordon's vengeance, uh, this chapter. Mm. Um, so you, you know, I know where he is. I, I, we can go get him. Um, and I'll do what you can. And, you know, we both get, uh, what we need. Um, and that, that's basically it. Uh, basically she says, oh, there's another lab somewhere or a villa somewhere that will be hiding. Uh, and you know, that's, it says next dawn of Joker. Uh, that title's <clears> actually really—it's making me think of Donna Justice, and now, I, now I'm annoyed. But yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's an intentional pull. Um, so this is a really solid issue. But I, again, it's very focused. It takes uh, in the same way that one of the issues a few ago do- dove into the, the 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 Texas Chainsaw family who got rich and explained who they were. This one fully yeah. explains who this character is. And it's actually quite an interesting, you know, because I was kind of just expecting, ah, oh, a big tough woman becomes a new Bane. But no, no, no. Like, there's this whole backstory where she's God not... She, she's not just, like, a big evil bad guy. She's actually someone who is now turning on the people who created her and doesn't just want to do it for them. Uh, She wants to actually feel something. She wants to actually have her own story. And if she can't have her own, she at least wants to base it on someone who does have a genuine feeling that she feels is honourable. So... She's effectively offering her murder hands to Jim Gordon. <laughs> Which I think is interesting from a narrative perspective and from a character perspective for Gordon, because it's kind of given him this really convenient easy out. Like, if he decides to let her kill Joker, is it the same as him pulling the trigger himself? Does he sleep easier with that knowledge? Um, you know, there's questions there to come from this that I think are quite interesting. So, uh... I'll happily give us a seven. Why is it a, only a seven and not any higher? You guessed it. Gill March is on art.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's lines and there's lines and there's all sorts of lines that I don't like. Uh, oh boy. There's muscles. Lady Bane's very, very muscular. Yeah. <laughs> like overly muscular. Uh, so that is why it's not going any higher. And uh, The backup, just quickly. Uh, yeah. We have Harper... Uh, working with Orca to break out this uh, character, Kelly. Uh, But while they're on their way out, um, Punchline actually puts on her outfit and goes on the comms and says, you've put a device in to open all the doors, but you know what? You can only get out through us or something to that effect. Uh, And it it basically ends with them entering into a big fight where, you you know, we knew you were going to leave, so we're all going to have to actually do combat. But there's a big sort of face turn from Arca who jumps in and starts helping the fight anyway, even though she said she wouldn't because it's too risky. And Harper says, Why are you doing this? Like why are you helping when you said you wouldn't? And she says, Because you didn't ask me to. Uh so it was a nice little moment for, for Arca. Like sort because this is something that Arca's had recently from like I think Nightwing onwards. Uh of like turning over a new leaf you know, story beat. So uh it ends with Harper running out of the prison with Kelly and uh orca getting stabbed by punchline in the shoulder it looks like uh and that's it these backup stories have all been kind of weird and there's not enough time to really do much with them uh this one boils down to essentially two conversations in a fight uh it's probably better than the last couple of chapters because it's a bit more straightforward uh so Mm -hmm. i'll give it that if nothing else but um you know and the art isn't necessarily to my taste uh but but in the uh, i mean i don't know what i've said about it before whatever i said about it before yeah. still applies uh, <laughs> that's just basically my thoughts on it uh that, backups like a i don't know maybe a six maybe scraping a six uh okay 5.5 maybe i something in there it, i always say it's hard to judge these backups when they feel like you're not getting a full meal each time because like how yeah. how harsh are you because of that or how much th-
1: you can't rate the appetizer the same as the Yeah, you know, is
0: this it's very it's weird. I'm not sure how it'll read as one thing when it's put together for whatever collection it'll end up mm-hmm. in. But uh, it it's okay. It's, it's 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 okay, but kinda like main stories the, the the meat is, as it should be, but uh it's not doing the same kind of world building around uh like the detective backup is, but To be fair, the Detective Backup's the only one that I still like. It's the only one that I actually kind of, even though it's changed hands in terms of who's writing it, I'm still into it every time. It's just been doing really smart stuff. So even if it has one off issue in the backup, I'll still try the next backup probably, assuming it goes back to someone else. Because they've they've, they've proven enough with that one. But Mm -hmm. uh, there you go, that's that's Joker. Uh, Good issue overall though. Um, Good focused issue. I was not
1: expecting that as the origin for Lady Bane.
0: So. Yeah, and it's very much her issue because even though it's the back half of the main story is her origin flashback stuff where she's explaining it all to Gordon and explaining what her new motives are, the first half is almost entirely her action sequence as well. So this this entire issue is a spotlight for Lady Ben. It's like here here's her in action. This is how good she is. She's enough of a badass that you kind of wait for a little bit, <laughs> even ripping off an Interpol of his arms like an over the top. It's you like a Jason Voorhees like moment of just. Yeah.
1: Uh, you you had me at rip yeah
0: um but then it becomes a bit more interesting you get this kind of sympathetic like i'm kind of a monster i know i'm a monster i'm designed to be a monster but i at least want to aim my monsterness in a direction that's worthy of it so gordon be my conscience It's, 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 it's an interesting vibe it's an interesting idea but this is the thing though if gordon is going to be our conscience not that she ever uses that word i'm kind of putting that word in myself but if he does become a conscience, then effectively, ultimately, he has to stop her from killing Joker, because that would be the right thing, you know, in an ethical sense. Uh, you know, and, and t- until you get into the, the ethical debate of, you know, the, the amount of harm that Joker causes, is, is there a point where it is unethical to not kill him? <laughs> Which, you know, is a debate that people like to bring up uh, from time to time. Uh, so, oh, good, Joker is sure it. Uh, not bad. If you're enjoying this uh, journey of Jim Gordon and all these supporting characters and again, very little Joker. He's treated like the Boogeyman. He's very really actually there. Uh, and it works quite well. And he can't kill the Boogeyman. can I mean, I love the movie you're referencing, but the, the new movies reference that moment so much! <laughs> uh, if I never hear the phrase Evil Dice tonight again, I'll be perfectly happy. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, enjoy that movie tonight, Matt.
1: I'm go, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there now. I just I texted my wife, and there's a bunch of dramas I've been recording, and I'm just like, oh. I just need tell me how many tickets I need to, to get, please. Just <laughs> and when I want to say drama. It's like actual people's keys got broken off in their car, and they had to call a locksmith. And okay, I get it, but just tell me who's gonna be there. That's all. Let's make it a couple. And
0: the less people, it is, the easier it is to organize. Just just go.
1: A hundred percent. This is still only four people. <laughs> you know, I might just call and be like, you know, we're watching it at home. Even though I don't want to do that, I want to watch it on the big screen. But it's shoot, on the cock. Man. Watch it on the cock. Yeah, <laughs> Peacocktober. <laughs> it's on the cock. Yeah, but I like scary movies <laughs> in the theater, so you
0: know, watch it on the cock. Oh, watch, you can watch Halloween no, kills stop on the cock. Saying that, this is my new thing. They they called the streaming service Peacock. I am now referring to it as the cock. <laughs> You can watch reruns of The Office on the cock. I hate
1: it. (laughs) I
0: hate it. I saw the episode where Jim and Pam got married on the cock this weekend. Okay.
1: All right, let's go, let's go, let's go.
0: (laughs) All right, that'll take us to the part of the show where we pick our favourites of the week favorite pile slash more favourite cover, favourite art, and rank the top five books or however many we read. I think I technically only read four books, but one of them was Urban Legends, so it felt like much more than that. Uh... I may ca- I may still catch up on I Am Batman uh, for next mm-hmm. issue, but I knew Connor wasn't going to be here, and you were, so I prioritized mm-hmm. Urban Legends because I knew you were going to read some of that at least uh, for mm-hmm. conversation' sake. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, Matt, what is your panel slash moment of z week?
1: Um, I'm, it's gonna come from uh, from the uh, Batman Imposter, mm-hmm. and it's it's the page with the Bat creature as she's trying to you know put together who Batman is. And I just, that creature, Sorrentino, like, it's so different from the rest of his art, and it's almost black and white, contrasting with the colors. It's it's a really, it, it made me go, oh, wow. This is a cruel
0: week for this, because I feel like between Strange Adventures and The Imposter, there's, like, numerous moments I could be picking for this. And I'm really torn. I'm really torn for a number of reasons. Like, am I going with a really good art moment? Am I going for a really good emotional beat moment? Because Strange Adventures, damn, damn it, has has those. Yeah. Uh, you know, um. So I think I'm going to go with the emotional peak of the week, which is, uh, Alana explaining, like after a terrific her of spinning stories of like just explaining how things get turned into stories, and then she cries as she says that. I think that page. Uh, is probably the pick, but I was very tempted to go with a uh, rat catcher opening up his heart to what's called the imposter Batman and imposter because I think that's a really good moment because you feel kind of this dread and sympathy for him, which I think is really well handled. So, but yeah, that's my pick. All right, uh, cover of the week. Um, I would say I mean obviously the main cover and even the variants for imposter are very good. I think though, uh, I have to go with a strange adventures cover. I'm, like, the Shainer one is beautiful, but I think I have to go with the main cover, which is the Garrett's one, which is Alana uh, basically pasting up wallpaper over Adam Strange with Terrific. So it's, it's basically, it's the issue one of Strange uh-huh. Adventures, but she's, like, putting up the new, like, wallpaper of the <clears> new <throat> billboard, if you will, of mm-hmm. Mr Terrific. Uh, partly because the art's so good, but partly just because of the symbolism and how much it yeah. ties into the, the story. Uh, and almost how this became almost more of a terrific story, at least in terms of what they're going to tell her daughter. Uh, I think right. it just works really well for what the story's doing. What's your pick, Matt?
1: Um, so I was going to take that one, but in in you know trying to mix things up, uh, I want to first I want to give shouts out to the Wonder Woman variant. I think that's Clunin. Um, oh, okay, a variant. I think it looks very nice. I thought you were going to say Frozen
0: because it's always Frozen. Okay.
1: No, it's not Frozen this time. Um, but no, I'm going to go with the Strange Adventures, um, the Shaner one, which is mm-hmm. the reverse of the first issue, but Rand's on fire. So we're looking at that, you know, if yeah, we're looking, yeah. it's, it's behind, uh, it's basically what, it would be what, uh, Adam Strange is looking at. So we're seeing him from behind and it's just Rand uh, yeah, on it's fire. It's
0: just fire. There's a little bit of sky at the top, but I think my favorite part of that, I mean, obviously it's gorgeous art, but my favorite part of it, mm-hmm. bizarrely is the fact that the Stranger Adventures text at the top is uh, transparent, so you can see the sky through it and the flames. I don't know why, but something about that being empty. Like, it's all, it's like... Like, this is the fake one, so this is an empty text. There's something, that I think, really symbolic yeah. about that, I like... Uh, Alright, really cool. uh, Art of the Week, Matt.
1: Alright, I'm i am gonna do it before I feel bad about it, but I'm gonna give it to Sorrentino, or the imposter. <laughs> it's really tough not oh. to give to Mitch and Doc, but...
0: It's tough. If you feel like you're you're just hot, jumping on the hot new thing by giving it to the imposter when yeah. when Jared and Shainer have been there for twelve issues and it's been exceptional throughout, but I think I kind of have to agree and just nudge it to Sorrentino.
1: Yeah, because it's that it's that it's, damn good. It's not because it's new. It's it's mainly because it's Sorrentino, and I just feel like it's really him. Like, but we haven't had Sorrentino like properly for a, a while. while. But yeah. I feel it's him going whole like into it you know what i
0: mean yeah all right rank your uh your your books matt
1: all right so number one's gonna be strange adventures number two is going to be the imposter number three is going to be superman and the authority number four is gonna be wonder woman and then i guess five is the one story i read in urban legends
0: (laughs) cool uh my number one's gonna be strange adventures my number two is the imposter so we're we're just together on that yeah. Uh, it's a little bit harder for my 3 and 4 because, like, I think I'll probably go Joker at number 3 and Urban Legends at number 4, and I think ultimately that comes to, I mean, maybe it would still be that way, but Urban Legends ultimately, you know, I was really into one story, mm-hmm. and was just kind of looked warm on the rest of it by and large, so, uh, yeah, so that's number 4. So there you go. Uh. I'll tell you what's coming next week then uh, from the C Comics. Now remember before I tell you this that there's going to be a a special bonus edition of the show with myself and Connor talking about all the news that comes out of Fandom uh, tomorrow at the time of recording, but the time you hear this uh, yesterday or possibly earlier today, depending when you get this episode. But the point being is that there'll be another episode this weekend uh, with Connor talking about all that news. Uh, Probably less to do with the comics themselves and more to do with movies tv shows video games but of course all dc comics related uh but coming next week comic wise though on the 20th of october we have batman 115 nightwing 85 the flash 775 batman catwoman issue 8 catwoman 36 superman son of kal-el issue 4 suicide squad issue 8 green lantern issue 7 Legends of the Dark Knight issue 6, Shazam issue 4, Catwoman Lonely City issue 1. I'm forgetting what that is.
1: <laughs> it's the Cliff Chang uh, Black Label book.
0: With Jock? Oh, that's just, oh, it's just the, 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 variant, no. this, the variant cover. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still want to try it probably, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, curious. Uh, Batman Secret Files Peacekeeper 1 issue 1. I kind of forgot that was the thing. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman vs. Bigsby, A Wolf and Gotham issue 2, Black Manta issue 2 so it says what king shark issue two and uh, nubia and the amazons issue one refrigerator full of heads issue one. oh, oh oh i'm interested in yeah, that Yeah. Uh, wonder woman day special edition issue one and scooby-doo where are you one one two so a fairly busy week next week depending on uh, which ones you're wanting to read but i'd say there's at least a good half dozen or so exciting mm-hmm. books coming out next week there's a lot of big titles there yeah so uh you know, we have a Tom King book and two Tom Taylor books for a start. I mean, that's uh, yeah. exciting times. So uh, we'll see you next week for all that juicy goodness. But uh, very cool. Um. So yeah, I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Boardnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. Not Stanley. Stanley. <laughs> uh, Excelsior! Quiet now. Do, do you know, Tim... Who hadn't been on for a while because he was off break? First time he heard the Patreon list, the producer list, after his time (laughs) off, he made the same joke as you, Matt. I I want you to know that on Screams After Midnight.
1: That's good. Uh, I've almost watched Leprechaun three times, but I don't want to become Tim. So (laughs) uh, that's why I haven't.
0: Um, I mean, I can't recommend Leprechaun. I can't recommend Leprechaun 2, 3, 4. Five or six. When, what's
1: the, when does he go to space? That's four. Okay.
0: And it stars uh, Heidi the, the Tool Girl from Home Improvement.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And Leprechaun gets a lightsaber at one point. So, you know.
1: <laughs> Those movies are so weird.
0: <laughs> so that's uh, the thing. Um, but yeah, so you can support us over at patreon.com slash for as little as $1 per month and get some bonuses for your trouble. And you can, of course, also uh you know get get the show early Uh, the five dollar tier specifically you get the show a day early so if you're interested in doing that and helping keeping all the content coming uh have go over have a look see if you're interested if you don't want to do that or can't don't feel bad about it because you can support us for free by simply hitting the like button subscribing dinging the bell for notifications commenting down below if you're on youtube if you listen to the audio podcast version on itunes podcast addict or wherever you get podcast from uh, give us a five star review uh, that helps out a bunch. Share us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at DC Comics Podcast. And I think that's all my plugging that I have to do. Uh, but I'll just remind okay. you once again, extra special bonus episode discussing the fandom news with myself and Connor, uh, which yeah. is a twofold thing. One, the news won't be so late. Two, Connor will be on an episode this week. And three, although that last one's debatable if it's a positive or not. Uh, and three, uh, it means that the news, when we talk about it, won't be a week late on next week's show uh and also keeps it a bit uh you know maybe next week we show won't balloon in size with all the books yeah. if we've already talked about yeah. the fandom stuff so uh so that's all that's all the win-wins so it's a win-win-win-win-win and then connor gets to be on an episode which is maybe the, the questionable one but uh that's the plan so <laughs> thank you very much for joining us once again we always appreciate it keep reading dc comics and remember to never get lost in the speed force hey pete evil dies tonight ah shut up you ya prick